Let's go. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Vinchtown TV. This is Brian here with Paul and Kathleen. We are back with the newest installment of our Binge With Us series. Today, we'll be covering episodes seven and eight of Netflix's The Haunting of Bly Manor. And the moral of these two episodes are, respectively, one, fuck Peter Quint, guy's a douchebag, total douchebag, and we learn about the Lady of the Lake, a.k.a. Viola, Viola, a.k.a. Theo. I think the British way Mm -hmm. of saying Viola is like Viola. And so they say it that way, but like we would say Viola, like she's the man, you say Viola. You know, she's just Theo in my notes, though. Right. The crazy. But no, we'll call her Viola. (laughs) Is there a Viola Viola and she's the man? That's her name. Is it? I'm just going to call her Theola. Theola Theola is an amazing name. That's what we're calling her. (laughs) All right. That works. That's so much. (laughs) Her name's Viola. We just can't let him. I mean, that's in that's in two episodes. So we got we got we got to cover um, episode seven first. Yeah. Which is it's cool. I, I was on. Two Faces Part One. Yeah. And I was pissed that Two Faces Part One and Two Faces Part Two weren't back to back. But I just so happened to be on Two Faces Part Two. Yeah, so. this is a nice continuation. Go. First of all, let me let me just say I am such a hoe for the haunting universe. And this is my first one of Bly. I was on all the Hill House ones. So I've been fucking itching to get on one of these episodes. I'm so excited. I have a few things to say. Owen <laughs> is my boyfriend. <laughs> if anyone hasn't seen iZombie, it's such a fucking good show and he's one of the stars of it and he's incredible and he's so charming and the funny thing is Raul Coley the the actor is getting like made fun of for his British accent and he's British they're like his his accent sucks and they're like and he's like I'm British (laughs) but he's being really funny about it like posting videos of him in an American accent being like it was my first British role so like thanks for having me like (laughs) shit like that and speaking of Owen being my boyfriend Jamie is my girlfriend just so everyone knows Owen's my Boyfriend Jamie's my girlfriend. I'm obsessed with both of them. It's pretty amazing. They're both You're getting incredible. very territorial. I am. Just in case anybody <laughs> didn't get the message, <laughs> you're gonna get some hate. Seven episodes that. in, it is to be understood that I, they belong to Kath. There's been six episodes recorded, and I didn't get to talk about how much I love Jamie. Jamie, Jamie, Jamie. That's the name. <laughs> Jamie and Danny, and I would have been talking at length. So. Anyway, we can get into this. We got insane to think that this is your first episode. Welcome to the Bly Manor podcast, by the way. My God, I've been waiting my whole life for this. (laughs) Happy to be here. We ready to get going? Yeah. Mm -hmm. All right. So the first scene, we open with Danny kind of coming to in the attic. She had previously, in episode six, just gotten knocked out by Miles. And she's coming to, and the gravity of her situation is starting to dawn on her. And the kids are there. talking to <laughs> we don't know who it is yet but it's peter and miss jessel who reveal themselves well, and let danny see yeah the gravity of the situation definitely dawned on her because when she came to her mouth was gagged and her arms were tied and bound um so she's waking up to okay what the fuck are these kids doing this episode is really i like it so much because you're finally seeing miles as a sweet boy yeah. being so concerned floor is like people shouldn't be bleeding in games like that's what she comes to fade out of the blackness to floor being like people shouldn't bleed in games it's like jesus because peter and rebecca are obviously saying it's just a game it's just a game more yeah. peter but it's so nice to see miles as a sweet sweet boy and not to spoil it but like that's the end of him right are you guys gonna assume that that's the end of miles that's what the writers would have us assume I- I don't know. No, I'm not dying on Miles yet because what about what has been done to him 
makes us think that it's there's no coming back for him. We haven't even gotten to that yeah, point we'll yet. Yeah, we'll get there. So we'll I, I, I want to dive into that though. Yeah, but I agree that this episode does a great job of highlighting the innocence of these kids because take away the fact that they're being just haunted crazily and being possessed by older people, they are just sweet, innocent kids who have really no ill intentions. They're they're just that. And I liked especially Flora's acting, saying things like, come on, she's scared. I think she would feel a lot safer hearing these things from you. I just like how this episode highlighted that innocence. I mean, just props to Miles' actor. He's so good at being like, oh my God, this isn't okay. Like, we should do something. And then when Peter takes over, he's such a little shit. You, right. want, you just want to slap him with his stupid smirk on his face. Uh, he's so good how he could just flip yeah. the switch immediately. The Haunting Universe has such great kid actors. They find the good ones. Oh, they yeah. really do. I have a point I want to make how it's ironic that Peter is now telling these kids it's okay. It's okay. Like that we're just playing a game. Everything's okay. When we'll see in his flashbacks with his mom, he calls her out for when his mom was telling him as a kid, everything's okay. When Peter's father was up to a lot of no good. We don't understand exactly what he was doing, but it's alluded to that. He was like beating him and his mom. I I assumed he was being molested because he would say at night and I have Mm. a point as well. So especially later in the episode. So Peter is obviously like fucked up. He's coming back to the, to his tucked away is this awful memory of with his mom. And it kind of gets revealed that he's being molested. And right after he takes over miles body without consent, it's like, He's doing exactly two miles what in a different kind of non-consensual like taking over sense. It's so fucked up. Yeah. Miles like, you know, you don't I don't like it when you take over without asking or telling me. Mm-hmm. And Peter's like, it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. I won't do it again. But, you know, you inherit that behavior like yeah. you really do. It's so fucked up. Yeah. And we'll get to that scene. We'll talk about it more when we get there. But I mean, <sighs> his fucking acting i'm like dude do i feel bad for this fucking guy meaning peter oh yeah <laughs> no fuck peter quint <laughs> fuck peter quint all right so anyway Pizza. flora is clearly talking to a ghost while danny's looking at her and she's saying you know come on we can tell her like i don't want to hurt her mm. and eventually we see peter walk in and danny sees peter straight up oh yeah and she starts freaking out yeah. And eventually he's saying he's he's talking to Miles because Miles is so upset. Like, hey, I don't know if we should do this This is a good idea. And Peter goes into a whole monologue saying sometimes things don't seem right at Mm -hmm. the time, but they're for the greater good. Like grownups can see the whole situation, something like like the pigeon. It seemed bad killing it at the time, but it got you home to Flora which was a good thing to protect her. Okay, now this is a conversation I want to dive in with you guys. This is one of those ones where I felt dumb because after the Miles episode, I was kind of assuming that Peter was in Miles at the school because of all the fucked up shit he was doing. But that was so early on that I was like, right from episode one, we were like, he's being possessed. But yeah. since he was there, Peter couldn't be possessing him at school. But it's so interesting because Miles was talking about the key and certain mm-hmm. things. So Miles is a little fucked up and influenced by Peter, even when he's not inside of him. I think the difference is their intentions. Miles was doing all of those weird things while away at school to get back yeah. to Flora. Mm-hmm. Peter's intentions are always self-serving. Yeah. And that's the difference. But I agree with you. I thought until it was revealed this episode that Peter can no longer leave Fly, I was thinking, was Miles possessed during that? What's right. going on? But 
confirmed that was not a thing. Yeah. So it is weird that Miles was acting kind of Peter-esque without being possessed. So basically, the, the moral of the story is Miles was sometimes possessed and, and other times just fully influenced by Peter, and it's changing Miles as a human as well. Like, he's a dark horse, Peter said, before any of the yeah. possessions even happened. Yeah. So yeah. he was Are completely... you trying to make the point influence. that being possessed by Peter is starting to affect him as a human or just... So I, my point is, he at that point, he had been possessed by Peter, but he was not prior to boarding school, but he was not possessed at boarding school. And that's where I was mistaken. I think the show did a really good job with making Miles kind of creepy and weird in general. And also he's then he's possessed and is a douchebag Peter Quinn. You could you can almost tell, though, that he wasn't getting possessed because when he was like joking out his friend at boarding school, he still like a sad look on his face. He was like, oh, shit. Yeah. Like, yeah, Peter would have been a savage about Yeah, he would have been smiling. <laughs> yeah. and everything. Honestly, Hannah. Cooper, by the way. Yeah, Honestly, Austin Cooper. Cooper. Luke's tight end. <laughs> anyway, we got to get through this yeah. first scene. So, so anyway. He was just saying, just because it seemed wrong in the moment doesn't mean yeah. it's the right thing to do in the long run. And then he starts to say, the kids are saying, can't you just tuck Danny away into a dream? And then they start actually using the term dream hopping. Oh, yeah. Right? Which that. I was like, this is really, they kind of go into dream hopping a little bit. It was like, ah, it's not that easy. So you can't just dream hop like you guys. It's cool. That's a really cool conversation, I thought. Yeah. And then Miss Jessel shows up in her black dress and she's, black dress with the uh, tights underneath. Dude, it always comes back to 303. <laughs> yeah. It's amazing. And she all of a sudden starts hearing voices of Hannah in the background. She's like, what's that? And turns around and goes away. Peter saying, hey, like you're slipping. Come back. Yeah. Which is a cool reveal that they are just walking around as ghosts and blipping away all the time. Yeah. They're like, no, you're slipping. You're slipping. And it's like, fuck. Bye. See you later. And Flora even says when Peter starts slipping later, Flora's like, we never know when you're going to come back. Yeah. Yeah. Which is a, which is awesome. Yeah. I really like it. Yeah. It's pretty scary, too. I like, like how they slowly reveal the mechanics or more just the laws to how their ghosts work. You know what I mean? Exactly. Seven and eight give you all the answers. Mm-hmm. Like eight gives you the origin of why everything's happened. And seven is giving you the mechanics of what is happening because of so lit yeah yeah baby because of theola crane Uh, yeah i just i was (laughs) i was telling the guys earlier they are just so good at storytelling that's just yeah they got it down to a t and just two different styles because season one and season two are just completely different in my opinion and they both are phenomenal i just think it's uh, before we can jump back in after this little thing but hill house was so interesting because while there's a lot of past stuff in Bly, the the culmination of Hill House was trying to figure out what happened that night that yeah. was in the past. This one really doesn't have anything mm-hmm. like that. There's a lot of past stuff that's coming up, but still, like, not, by the way, none of us has seen episode nine yet, so we have no idea how it ends, mm-hmm. but I don't really know what it's going to be at all. I have no idea where it's heading, except for Danny obviously got taken and it's like, okay. Yeah. You know what I mean? Isn't it cool? I think I'm so glad they're, they feel completely different to me. Hill House versus yeah. Bly. Yeah. It's, we'll, we'll might get into it more towards, you know, the, after the finale. Yeah. When love we both. know how it wraps up. But. So good. Love them both. Fucking love this universe. So after. Yeah. We got to get out of yeah. this attic scene. <laughs> so Do you want to get us out of here? Yeah. After Miss Jessel slip, Peter is trying to explain to Miles, there are different keys, aren't there? He's, he's trying to explain this, this one important thing but he keeps hearing a knocking. He's like, 
trying to get it out, but the knocking, he's so pulled to it, finally goes over to it. He opens the door. Turns out he slipped into another memory. He opens it and he sees his mom and he goes, no, that's all he says, right? Yeah, I referred to this in the in the Hannah episode, which was episode five, as like an anchor memory. Every ghost or everybody that keeps getting tucked away kind of keeps coming back to the same memory. And this is Peter's anchor memory mm-hmm. with his mom. And it's obviously him and his mom hadn't seen each other in several years. And Peter's upset to see her. And she says, you're greeting me. That's what you have to say to me after all these times. I gathered that his mom had just got released from like a mental institution, something like that, and was asking him for help and was saying, if I can't get myself a job or support myself, then where else can I go? I can't go to your father. And this is where we kind of get, you know, peeling back the layers of the onion. You know, Peter has daddy issues where Kathleen, you think that he was molesting Peter. I thought that he was just beating him and the mother and the mom was just there enabling it all. Mm hmm. My thoughts was because this was after Jamie told her story. She brought up like in the foster care system, they would treat the kids like shit because they would just do it to get a buck. Basically, you know, just take the free money. So he has a line where he says every night. Well, this is later on. But he says every night, even like whoever else came by, whatever boys came by. So it wasn't just him. I feel like there was a few other people and it was definitely molesting or possibly worse when he says like you just knew and didn't do anything. I took it as molested only because they said nighttime and and exactly what Paul said, the boys comment, which is again in the, in a later blip that we see. But I mean, I'm sure he beat him up too. Something awful was happening. And the mom seems like a manipulative scummy mom where she's, he, Peter basically knows that she's conning him for money. And it's like, you you and dad cooked this up, didn't you? She's like, would you want me to go to your father? And he would kill you. And I'm like, whoa. And he's like, he would kill me. He's the one who did all that shit to me. Like His mom seems to be on team defending the dad. Like you said, Mm -hmm. uh, she referenced he would kill you after what you did to him. He's like, what I did to him, he did everything to me. The dad seems to be the bad guy, but the mom is team dad. This is revealed when Peter's mom starts to blackmail him Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. is holding his juvenile records She threatens to tell Lord Henry Wingrave, who was Uncle Henry, who was Peter's boss and a very highly respected person about his juvenile records, Mm -hmm. which we didn't know anything about his juvenile records. But apparently they're a thing that Lord Henry Wingrave would probably not accept. We're not surprised that he has sealed juvenile records, by the way. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, so that but that was a cool little background piece to Peter Quinn. And I love that if you watch on closed captioning, when when this scene fades out, it's like jarring crescendo. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Is it crescendo or crescendo? Crescendo. Crescendo, right? Yeah. Oh, wait, which one is it? Crescendo. Crescendo. Okay. Yeah, I love it. what was it? The the ominous whoosh yeah. in the other yeah. episode. Yeah, the subtitles yeah. are perfect. It's just like yeah. jarring crescendo. Go, but going back to Cursed, whenever they pull out the Sword of Power, mystical twinkling. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I yeah, love 100%. that. That's the best. But anyway, so this is Peter's memory that we're going to keep revisiting as the episode goes on. At the same time, we have Rebecca, who had also just slipped away out of the attic going to her flashback or a flashback, a memory yeah. of hers, by the, which is <laughs> her, Hannah... Mrs. Gross and a police officer. And this is right in the wake of Peter leaving Bly mm-hmm. and nobody knows where he is. Not, so not just a yeah, police officer. The, guy. the worst police yeah. officer on the face of the earth. Total just 
he's like a bully. He is so mean and rude to these people. Acts like well, he doesn't the, even want to be here to do his job. The first line we get is Hana saying they were heirlooms and they were stolen. They're not missing. And the cop's like, oh, I'm sorry. Those words are usually interchangeable in my line of work. Like, all right, so you suck, right? He's truly being a bitch, like a, like a, it's just toxic masculinity in a God complex. He's talking to these girls. He's like, these two little stupid girls are, and he's questioning Rebecca. You, how did you not know this? Like, how, blah, blah, blah. He's being so fresh to her. I'm like, can you stop? He knows that Rebecca and him had a relationship and he's trying to get all the information out of Rebecca as he can. Rebecca says he mentioned something about money and, and told me to pack all my bags and we're going to America together. But to be honest, I don't know anything other than that. I can't help you, which is true. We saw the scene. Peter was being very ambiguous when telling Rebecca the plans, but the police officer is being a cuck and says, I would have thought he'd tell his girlfriend everything if he really gave a damn about her. After all, he did run away from you. I hate this cop, but it does sound bad on Rebecca. Oh, 100%. But you know what I mean? It's like, that is kind of vague. You were just going to go. I do have the police officer is being a cuck, but is kind of true. Uh-huh. She <laughs> just believed all this. And I mean, she says it, it doesn't sound like there were any, like in the moment, I didn't see these red flags as you're describing them to me in Hindsight. Mm-hmm. Hindsight is 2020. He goes on Boy, to say, <laughs> he goes on to say, you know, something about embezzling. You stole a quarter million pounds. Han is like, oh my God. Uh, and then he goes on to <laughs> quarter push. million pounds of what? <laughs> <laughs> Fucking Brits. Am I right? I'm just kidding. We love you over there. We know you got we love a few. You. We wish we had British accents. <laughs> um, he, and he really pushes back. He says, you know, he afforded all this on like a butler's wage. Oh, yeah, savage. Like, yeah, he said like, oh, pack your bags. We're going to America on a butler's wage. He says, oh, he's not a butler yeah. trying to defend him. It kind of just continues with an emotional crescendo. And then Rebecca <laughs> finally a crescendo. It all comes back to 303 and the crescendo. But Hannah kind of like slams the table and then looks up. The police officer and Hannah are both gone. And in the doorway... We Miles see Miles. Mm-hmm. He's telling Rebecca, I have her as RJ. I keep want to call her RJ. It's like easier. Rebecca doesn't roll off the tongue for me. I say Bex. I could call her Bex like Peter Bex Quinn Jessel, does. yeah. Miss yeah. Jessel. Miles pops in, tells Bex about the monster that took Peter. And he's saying, me and Flora told Hannah, Mrs. Gross and the policeman, but they didn't believe me. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Miles is kind of being such a creep and is saying, he wants you. To, he wants you to know that he's still here, et cetera, et cetera. And Rebecca's like, "What the fuck are you talking about?" Yeah. Now, did you guys think that he was possessed at that second in time, or do you think Peter was right behind him, telling him what to say, or something like that? Probably Peter right behind, because he yeah. he seemed less smirky. I was going to say, and he, he said like he does say you were right. He didn't run away. Mm-hmm. Like referring to him not in the like first person. I agree. I think I don't think he was. Um, possessed at that point anyway miles walks away and uh what's her face rebecca gets up to chase him and we get another scene change to owen hannah and jamie just kind of like shooting the shit in the kitchen hannah is asking if the bread dough is ready and owen's saying something funny about gluten molecules have to be perfectly crisp I could listen to him talk like that all day long. I'm so obsessed with him. They're just like flirting. I but, love those little moments where Hannah and him are flirting. Okay, I want to ask a question because I just listened to our three and four episode and you 
Dave and Jimmy were assuming that Hannah and Owen had hooked up at some point. And I say, hell no, that have they ever hooked up? Oh, I was saying when they were Jamie, kissing. You said yeah. hand stuff, which was hilarious. But then you <laughs> yeah. were like, I assume someone was like, I assume they, they had hooked up when Jamie and Danny were away. And I was like, no way. They've never kissed. Brian, what do you think? Definitely I not. would say no, but now we I get- have to contradict myself from the last episode. Luke said, didn't you guys get a little bit of a flirty vibe going on in this scene? I said, no on a rewatch yes i did see flirty vibes Mm -hmm. they've always been there's always been a chemistry there no i don't think they've ever hooked up right but what it is is owen's in love with hannah and hannah's too spacey to even notice well she's kind of in love with them too though she's she's also dead they both reciprocate (laughs) now she can't but yes there's a mutual love there so sad so fucking sad but yeah owen's always in love with her um they both but they've definitely as, never kissed before. Yes, they both strike me as a little bit of a prude. Yeah, as much of. as I would love for them way. to kiss, they have not. For sure. And will not. And will not. Wow. Unless Owen dies on the premises and they can get it on. True. I don't want no Owen. To, that wouldn't be happy, though. No, I don't that want would suck. To, I don't want anybody to die no. on the premises anymore. I love these characters. Except for Peter. He can die again. Fuck Peter him. can die again. So, <laughs> Owen was Paul, saying <laughs> the mixer and the gluten molecules, it just doesn't work. Hannah is saying, you know, come on, why don't you have some tea? Sit with a a, brew. Yeah, yeah. Basically, they know she looks like shit because this mm-hmm. is post Peter leaving, as we said. Disappearing. Becca went to go get air in the gazebo by the lake, yeah. the stone gazebo by the lake. Gorgeous. Um, and our girl Jamie comes up. I missed her so much. I'm so glad she's here. Yeah, Jamie <laughs> is so cool. And her Smoking accent. Smoking right? Yeah, Just yeah. Strolling up. Total badass. She says, hey, uh, you're not acting, you're not doing what you should be doing. And I'm only telling you this because I would want somebody to tell this to me. Oh, yeah. Stop moping around and go talk to Henry about your pu- uh, about the pupillage. Yeah, yeah she says, that. Rebecca thinks that Jamie's coming up to gloat because Owen, Jamie, and Hannah all knew Peter were bad news. They were warning her. Rebecca's like, so you come to gloat, huh? And Jamie's totally cool about it, which I love. And I also like how they refer to Henry as their phantom boss because these people don't know yep. who the fuck he is or... I think, I think that's that was so a funny, the dynamic between too. it. Yeah, the phantom boss. And mm-hmm. she says, yeah, get the pupillage. Like, get back on your barrister track. Still haven't looked up what barrister mean. I it's, assume it's important. It's lawyer. We I looked it up. I don't want to know anymore. We, now the veil is lifted. No, sorry. <laughs> we looked it up because on the episode that we covered, we acted like we knew what it was. And then Jimmy looked it up. And three yeah. minutes later, he said, hey, okay, just got a quick correction. <laughs> Barrister means lawyer. I would like to think cool. barrister meant like some sort of like the head of a vampire like That's, coalition. I said the, the, a baron. Now, now it's a lawyer. Yeah, <laughs> yeah a baron. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. But she's also holding the butterfly clip, which I like from, yes, from the yes. first episode that Flora gives to or uh, Miles gives to Danny. So oh, yeah. she, we know that was hers. Uh, but yeah, Jamie's basically like, forget Peter Quinn. I like in the earlier episodes, Hannah's basically saying, only a guy can do this. This such yeah. a strong woman. Like he is just fucking her up. And this this whole episode, you kind of see Rebecca Jessel just deteriorate. Like she can't mm-hmm. something about Peter, especially when he starts coming back, which we're about to get to. She is just would do anything for him. She she'd stay on the premises. She's like, we could still go. You could just be with me. I don't care if I look like a crazy person. And mm. Bex, please, for the love of God, yeah. get your shit together, sis. Jamie too. In this scene, the last thing she says, which I couldn't like her anymore. She says, if there's anything at all i can do please tell me you you give off such a harsh exterior but you're just a sweetheart on the inside. they all liked miss jessel yeah yeah, oh, yeah. And hannah and jamie for sure yeah. they just hated peter that that brings us so to yeah this is the, <laughs> this is the 
one scene, I think in this whole episode that doesn't feel like a blip, it's like kind of a continuation. Like Rebecca mm. goes straight into the bathroom, into her bedroom. You know what I mean? Mm. It's like a continuation yeah. from this outdoor yeah. scene. Puts the, the butterfly hair clip down on the sink. Exactly. Which, and that's what makes it feel like the continuation, honestly. And really she cool. walks into the bedroom and Peter is there waiting for kind of just behind the curtain or something, walks out and Rebecca you know, justifiably says, where have you been? So Everyone's she freaking out. She's yelling. And Peter's saying, no, calm down. Don't yell. They'll hear. And she's like, they should hear me, you asshole. You left me. Didn't tell me where you went. And Peter just keeps saying, you know, I never ran away. I've been here the whole time. And you couldn't see me. It's a longer scene that gets to the point. They hold out hands and Rebecca finds out that he's a ghost. And a ghost dead. Yeah. Which this, he does say something here. She says, I never left you. You couldn't see me. Uh, I had to make a way that you could see me. I'm sorry for however long that was. And then he goes on to say, you know, hold out your hand. Does the whole pass through thing. When he says I needed to make a way that you could see me. What, what, the, what does that mean? Because he wasn't taking over miles. I took that as he's new to being a ghost. Yeah. And he's literally just getting his bearings. Like he mm -hmm. had to ask around to kind of figure out like For sure. how do we yeah. I don't I don't think right off the bat you know how to materialize and reveal yourself to certain people and not. He probably understood what was going on, that he was dead pretty quickly, but yes, figuring out all the rules and how to navigate and not like just freak people out probably took some time. So gotcha. that's how I understood it's it. It's kinda like when Miles tells Hannah that he's like i talked to the others like meeting yeah. the other ghosts like i talked to those they say it takes a moment kind yeah. of thing well you know like we had our like ghost meeting and <laughs> this was so fucking stupid and then <laughs> i do <laughs> we had i thought meeting. that was really funny too i talked yeah. to the others yeah. yeah we have a book club we just right. talk about other stuff too <laughs> uh peter has a line here which i, I hate because it kind of makes me like him a little bit he was like, what's the one thing that would keep me from you? And then they do like the whole hands touching yeah. things. And when she realizes he's dead, I'm like, damn it, Peter, you stupid freaking womanizing misogynistic stud. romantic <laughs> stud. Like, so, he's so good. He's so smooth. He is. And then this brings us right into fractions, right? Oh, yeah. We I go. Like <laughs> it's another blip. I don't, is this a blip or a continuation? It's a blip it's, for sure. It's, it's kind of both because it it's i think it's supposed to paint the picture that she's like blipping around she's just kind of drifting through and on cruise control right now it's a flash to her during the daytime looking over the kids in the classroom and then it's another flash to nighttime and she's still just groggily lazily at her desk still in the classroom and that's when we get hannah to walk up and and talk to her and hannah's just trying to cheer her up honestly she gives her the old you know the gr grieving period is half the life of the relationship and you and peter really didn't have that long of a relationship so time time to cheer up i don't know yeah she's like fuck you hannah yeah she not everything like has a half-life does it i was like mm -hmm. okay. you know who says no. that you know i'm a mother because i have a whole episode of what, what's the period of mourning after the relationship really yeah Exactly uh, 1,000 drinks is what Robin says, right? 10,000. 10,000? Yeah, I think 10,000 10, drinks? I better get on my fucking horse. It might be 1,000. It might be 1,000, but either way. 1,000, I might be close because uh, we've been drinking a lot during these podcasts. I'm pretty sure Marshall says half the length of relationship, which is what Hannah says, Hannah. And then Barney says something this deep can't be measured in time. It's a certain number of steps. 
from your bed to the front door. Bang, oh, boom, neck. <laughs> Sorry. That aside. <laughs> that aside. Oh, you're getting tucked away again. I you am. Another I'm, How I Met Your Mother. I'm tangent. slipping. Oh, my God. That's incredible. <laughs> so after this scene, they go, they go, they slip back into the forbidden wing. Right. Bex is going there. Sees yes. Peter. She's saying, you know, what if we just go to America? What if yeah. people just fucking think I'm crazy yeah. and I talk to nothing and I talk to air, but we just go. And this is when he reveals I can't leave fly. This is also the first time he possesses her. The first time he's possessed anybody, because yeah. when it happens, they're both like, what the fuck was that? Well, like not- they're in a tense moment and they're kind of like he's trying to like get her to relax. And then yeah. they're just like, boo. And then he's looking at herself. He's looking at herself in the mirror <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's crazy but didn't uh, he but yeah. possess miles right the night he died like 30 seconds after i mean he might have did it by accident not realizing what he did oh yeah, wait he yeah he totally did but he does he grabs him no and he but he cursing. totally realized what he did because he made a point of like looking down oh, at you're him. so right I that's so weird which is why no you're you were right and wrong because he definitely was surprised when it happened with yes. Miss Jessel. Okay, I think that might have been a hole in the writing that he got surprised that he was able to possess people twice. Unless the Miles thing was so close because he didn't get to look at himself in a mirror. So maybe it happened True. so fast that he was confused. Like this yeah. was the first time it was like maybe five, six, seven seconds where he's like, what the hell? He's looking Fair at enough. himself. The other one he's kind of just looking at and he's a little kid and then all of a sudden he's out again. Yeah. But uh, who knows? But I, I, yeah. It was not the first time he possessed somebody, right? It was right away with Miles. That's a that's a good call. But to end this kind of scene between Rebecca and Peter in the old wing, Peter hears the knocking again and slips away into his memory with the mom. Really, he, really, really quickly. He did have one line there where she's saying, will you tell me how it happened? And she just says no. Yeah. Which how I he think, died? Yeah, which I think is just wild. Mm-hmm. Like, you, you're, I get why you don't tell her but just like make something up don't leave her hanging i get why you can't say you know a monster literally choked me out to death and broke my neck yeah that's the only reason i would think he didn't tell her because it's so crazy to say yeah yeah but, but that, yeah that led to her freaking out She's like you won't even tell me i can't see you i, can't I, I can see you i can't smell you i can't yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Can't taste you <laughs> literally can't any can't. of the senses besides the one i said <laughs> more jarring crescendo by the way always um always at the end of a slip but now Rebecca is like one track minded, only thinking of Peter. Um, she's walking out of the house. And at this point, it's I like that because you're not aware that this is Peter in Rebecca right yeah. now. And Jamie's like, hey, hi, what are you doing? Hey, did you talk to Henry? What the fuck's good? What's her name? Rebecca, Rebecca. is kind of brushing her off because it's Peter. You don't realize yeah. it's Peter. And, and Jamie calls Henry a twat because she's the best and I love her. Mm-hmm. But you figure out it's actually Peter because they go outside and try and do the thing where they sprint past the border. And, of course, it doesn't work. And this just crushes Peter's spirit. And he disappears for a while. Yeah, he looked pretty defeated. We get a hot mama voiceover. Peter had not been back to find her. He had left her at the boundary of Bly, the boundary impossible to walk through together. And though she didn't much like losing time, being tucked away, at least she had company there, his company. And then we get Hmm. Rebecca and Peter... Again, in the bedroom, right? Mm-hmm. And it's Peter saying that he's been learning and exploring around Bly and that he thinks he has a plan for them to be together again on a permanent basis. He shows up after a week. She's like, you've, you've been gone. I haven't been able to see you. Yeah. I haven't found you at all. And he was, I thought that was cool where he goes, I was exploring. I was yeah. learning. I was like, okay. No, fuck you, Peter. Yeah. But uh, still fuck honestly, fucking men. I hate them. But anyway, so it's like, 
it's honestly such a stupid plan. He's like, you know, I have this plan. You got to just kind of like believe. You kind of just have to decide. Yeah. If I'm Rebecca, I'd be like, what do you fucking mean? What does that even mean? Come on, sis. He says that they do the thing where it says it's you, it's me, it's us. Yeah. Which is actually from episode eight, right? They do that in episode eight. Mm-hmm. Which is crazy because how would he know to say that exact line? Oh, he talks to the ghost. He, he went around exploring learning. No, because no one has a face or can talk <laughs> that, right? That can, maybe, that was back from then. Maybe you talk I just to think the plague. Cool. No, yeah, I, yeah, I agree. I, I like it, though. Poking it up. It's you. It's me. It's us. They say it a couple times. Yeah. yeah. I, don't, I don't know who it came from. And we get in the next episode that Theo said it originally to her, like, baby daughter. Mm-hmm. So yes, that's the exactly. first time it was ever spoken. Mm-hmm. I think it might just be like a cute phrase that they both naturally came to separately. I don't know. Wow. Makes sense. It's you. It's me. It's us. So in this wow. conversation, Peter's saying, you didn't invite me in. Like mm. We need to think yeah. of us. That goes back to Miles' episode when he was in boarding school and the teacher was giving a reading from the Bible and it was about demons that mm. possessed pigs. Yeah. And Miles had a really weird question. He said, did they have to get invited in did he have did he have to ask if they could possess him? Yep. and the father was like oh that's a really good question miles and goes on to explain it it came up a little bit but now like that's the whole thing here is like you need to accept them in and invite them so i don't know how he learned that i hope that's somehow rebecca makes sure to say we'll be equals right like we're gonna be together we're gonna share this experience we'll be equals he promises he's motherfucking lying the last yeah. time he said trust me just pack a bag she finds out that he stole a quarter of a million pounds of, right? I, of I don't know what. And then like all this other stuff to leave. And now he's doing it again saying, just trust me. And she's, she's like, oh, okay. Pull me once. As long as we're yeah. equal. You promise we're equal. So she does trust him. And then we get the flash to Rebecca in her memory of the fur jacket, right? Yeah, that's mm-hmm. her anchor memory is Yes, I love that term. Which she ends up hating. Like, she ends up hating this memory. I think it's a nice memory at first for her. I mean, when he's circling her and just being like, let me show you how beautiful you are. It's like, oh, goodness. Yeah, she she starts to realize that this isn't what she signed up for and that she's just being tucked away again, which is something she's communicated she's not okay with. And and she starts kind of questioning, I I thought we'd be together. I, I thought this was it. And Peter answers her saying, we are together. Yeah. And it's a half-assed answer. It's devastating. This is have, really devastating. Peter doesn't have full control of himself in this scene because he kind of has to go through the memory, but he, he kind of does have some lines that make me think he is kind of in control. Well, he's crying he, when they're in bed together. Yeah. When he's actually killing her, he's crying. I'm a little unsure of the extent to which he has control of himself in these memories, though, because he still is walking in a circle around her taking pictures but he's able to respond and say we are together this is us being together it it seems like he's shorting out when he's Mm -hmm. doing that like literally saying it on and on but yeah how can he be aware self-aware in the memory but be sentient in her body Mm -hmm. in the living world it's kind of an interesting concept but yeah so so she's getting tucked away and she does not like it basically what you find out is he is tucking her away so he could kill her so they could be together at Bly. Yeah, we get the hot mama voiceover. He had promised they'd be equals, but she was safe. Tucked away in a memory of them where they could be together. And he was here alone and had spent too much of his life alone. And then we get this flash to 
Rebecca being tucked away in another memory of them kind of cuddling in bed, which is one that we got to view in a previous episode. But Rebecca in real life, who is actually Peter, is walking into the lake mm. while real Rebecca is tucked away in the memory. Like mm. you said, this this is the plan. We know it's Peter possessing Bex right at the edge of the lake because he says out loud in her body, it's just us, Bex. Like, it'll just be yeah. us. He goes in, goes underwater, leaves. She comes to yes. underwater. She says, you left you left me there after the water filled my lungs. Yeah. And then left the body so she didn't have to be around while she died. Fuck you, Peter Quinn. Fuck you. Psychotic. He's a lunatic. That is like the craziest thing you could do. And Peter Quinn's like dead ass body is at the bottom. Like, first of all, how did they not find Peter Quinn's body at the bottom of that lake? That, that is actually one point <laughs> I did want to say. I had that same thing. I was like, that makes no sense. And then I remembered... One of the first lines in the first episode, when Danny gets to Bly Manor and meets Flora right outside the lake, Flora says, like, oh, it's, it's actually a horrible lake. There's leeches in it and everything. You don't go in there. And I was like, fuck, they put it in there because that would have been a huge plot hole of they 100% would have found Peter Quint's body. But because there's leeches and all the parasites and bacteria, nobody goes in there. Also, just love that because there's so many leeches in the next episode. They probably just plucked them right from the pond, put them right on her fucking body. Yeah, I thought was sweet, too. <laughs> that scene is yeah. nasty. Medicine back in the day. Yeah, right? Wow, we are lucky to live in the I'm going to be that mask for Halloween. Maybe if we old play Dr. Dr. Yeah. Like, that would be a good one. <laughs> that would be a real good one. But yeah, let's not like make like make light of this moment because it's so dark i just like let's like sit in this for a second because yep. what the fuck yeah he hides her in a dream kills her but doesn't actually kill her just takes her to the brink of no return and then dips and makes her experience the death and that's what i'm gathering right yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. she experiences it and then he out as she such a loser she when she like materializes as a ghost, she's at the rim oh of the lake, God. just sobbing, staring at her floating dead body. Goes to the morning time. Flora is there watching Miss Jessel sob at her own body. Flora is probably like, what the fuck am I seeing right now? So Flora could see Miss Jessel yes. crying on the Jamie bank Jamie could this not. Time. Flora can. Okay, that's that's what I thought. I just yeah. wanted your guys' confirmation on like, that. How confused must you be as Flora? You're like, I'm watching Miss Jessel scream over a body floating in the water, her own body. And then Jamie comes and it's like, oh my God, sweet, sweet Jamie. Just like brings her in her arms, like looks at her first to make sure she's okay. And then just like scoops her up. And I was like, ah, like fuck, that's so, and got to give props to Rebecca Jessel's actress. That scream was amazing. That scream, uh, screaming at her own dead body. That is a dark crazy moment because peters was like no 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 like the lady of the lake was carrying peter down the stairs and peter's like oh my god that's a good moment Mm. this is a better moment this is insane watching the dead body pop up as they die is crazy yeah it's we get a lot of that next episode so then this jumps back to her anchor memory she's experiencing the fur coat again and this is actually where they go into the you left after my lungs filled with water yeah. and Peter's saying the same thing over and over again. Like I had to, because we had to be together and he, he's taking pictures saying like, you're beautiful. You're so beautiful. And she's freaking out at him, mm-hmm. which obviously I would too. This is also where we get one of the first reveals that the faces start fading. He's like, it, it'll happen to us. If we don't do something like it'll, I don't want to like fade. Now was that, that comes up in a little fading bit. or was that, 
them appearing as court. Oh, no, no, that's for sure. But he's saying to Rebecca, because she's kind of saying, this is not what we agreed to. You said we'd be equals, blah, blah, blah. I don't know the actual dialogue, but he says something like, he's trying to explain the faces fading. He's like, I don't want that to happen to me. He was just like so lonely, just had to like fucking do something about it. But yes, the Polaroids are of them as like dead ass cracked humans. Yeah, there's not. It's crazy. He was going to say something about like meeting Mm -hmm. the other ghosts. And he hears the knocking again. So you're going to love yeah. this book club. I promise. I promise. The yeah, book club is good. No, it's the worst book club. <laughs> Ghost book club. Nobody has a face. So, it sucks. No so, one can read. No one has eyes. <laughs> Peter's trying to tell Bex about Ghost book club. And the knocking on the door <laughs> is there. So he goes in and he answers it. And he was saying, like, I was explaining something important. And then he realizes it's his mom again. Yeah. His and, fucking scummy mom. And this is a horrible, horrible scene because he, he knows he's tucked away. He's going through his memory again. And he says, this is hell. I thought it wasn't that bad. I thought, hey, maybe I could be a kid again and maybe I could be back with my father. This is when we learn about all the things that he does and how horrible the mom is because she just didn't do anything about it and just knew it happened. And he's saying, I thought, it could have been worse, but then I realized over time, this moment is so much worse because back then I was a kid. I didn't understand what was happening. Now I'm an adult. You are coming to me after you didn't stop him. Why didn't you stop him after all? Yeah. And it's just a horrible, horrible scene because he's crying. You understand how much pain he went through. And I feel bad for this horrible piece of shit. Yeah, I know. And and as much as we shit on Peter Quinn, Great acting from Oliver Jackson Cohen. I mean, mm. fucking what a star. I mean, Baby Luke, Luke. Luke was a fan yeah. <laughs> favorite last season, obviously. It sucks when you have to play someone that everyone hates, but he's excellent at it. He's, yeah, two I love seasons to hate him. in a row. Yeah, no, I, I I loved Luke. Did you not love Luke? I loved him, but he was a dirtbag stealing yeah. from his siblings for yeah. drug money. I mean, we go into it so much that I will die on the hill of like Nell and Luke can do whatever the fuck they want because of how haunted <laughs> they were. It's like, you got to give them a free pass for literally everything because of how haunted they were. Uh, one of the best lines, Nell. one of the he best did. lines here is he saying, you killed me asking me to do this. You killed me. And yeah. when he says asking me to do this, uh, what does that mean? Um, I think he just means like as a, as a kid growing up, like I, I don't know that specific line, but I just means I just think like him saying you killed me, the culmination of his life leading up to his death. Like, I don't know, but maybe then she's like, accepting I don't even that know job. you're dead. That I was just gonna say. He says, I hope you lie awake every night knowing that you killed me. Mom goes, Honey, <laughs> I don't even know. I don't even know you're dead. Savage. Oh my god, that is horrible. Yeah, it's fucked up. Then we flash back to present day, right? Thank God, yeah. Miss Danny, so much. In the attic, yes. And we have Miles and Flora, who are actually Miles and Flora right now, trying to let Danny out and untie her from her her gag bondage. Bondage. That's that, that's the word. That's the sexy for. word. <laughs> <laughs> she non-consensually enters Miles. Yes, this is the yeah, non-consensually enters. Okay. Up. Possesses Miles. Yeah, he he flips into Miles. And puts the things back in Danny's mouth. Miles is like, you have to warn me when you do this. This is the kind of spiel I went on before where even though Peter was uh, had things happen to him that he didn't want his whole life, now he's doing it to other people, which is super fucked up. Once they're standing all in the room, I'm not sure the conversation that's happening, but we see Perdita faceless, which is cool. And I'm glad we did seven and eight as a chunk because mm-hmm. if we did like six and seven we wouldn't know who that was yes so this is also perdida we find out is the one who was hu- trying to hum the oh willow whaley song mm-hmm. and and floor's like Shh, 
Shut up. Like, this is my solo. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, whatever. So, uh, which is insane because we know she dies in the attic. I guess she just fucking flails around up there all day, crawls around. Yeah. Sad. Yeah, but fuck Perdita, too. We'll get to that. Oh, you think fuck, fuck Perdita? Damn, we'll we got apparently, some thoughts. Yeah, we'll get we to that, apparently. Okay, cool. So, yeah. So, Perdita's face looks like faded face. And it is cool that we know that now. Bex is back. Peter's saying, like, we have to do this. And the kids are saying, like, do we have to? Bex says, like, it's too soon. We can give him more time, yeah. But Peter's insistent, finish it now. Well, he says the forever house. I love that. We and have that's to... a sick drop. Yeah. Same as last season. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, which is, I'm not exactly sure what that means. I guess he plans on killing them so they can be in the house forever. Look, he's lying to these kids and telling them oh, whatever yeah. is going to get them across the line to let them, the consensual possession mm-hmm. i guess is what we can refer to it as and i don't think he even believes anything he's saying about this forever house but all he has to do is convince an eight and a ten year old that it's okay and, and he's just t- get, promising them sweet nothings and the the it's best way to convince eight-year-olds six and eight-year-old to do it is call to scare the fucking shit out of them <laughs> and, and call just it a game pull out yep. the ghost and be like hey if we don't do this this is gonna happen yeah, and it's a sure. person muffling without a face so I don't know if I just wasn't really thinking too hard on this, but this is where we get the explanation that if you wait too long as it goes, you start fading away. And of course, in the next episode, they explain it in detail. That makes you so fucking depressed. People just, you stop remembering. <laughs> People forget you. Your face yeah. is literally fading. It's like such a great metaphor. But so this is that explanation. He's also, he's convincing the kids to let them take over and he's calling it jailbreak. He's such a twat. He's like, you know, the game yeah. we've been talking about, jailbreak. It's like, fuck you. Yeah. But back to the fading faces real quick. I just loved that. Did you guys think that? I, I just thought their ghosts and their faces were gone. I don't even think I felt no, much into I, it. No, I love the metaphor behind yeah. it. It's it's that, I don't know if Kyle talked about the quote on the podcast, but it's that whole, you die twice when you actually die and the last time someone says your name. That's on the boys. Is it? <laughs> Ooh. Yeah. Well, Kyle, I was going to say, was Kyle on five and six? I, I, yeah, no, I was this gonna... is just coming full circle, but that's kind of what it is. You yeah. die twice when you actually die and you know, the last time anybody remembers you and the whole point of this, which they really get into the next episode is that time fades everything, you know, spirit, body. And it's cool because that's what the opening theme is. Uh, Everyone's portrait fading in their face, which I just love. Oh yeah. 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 So Peter goes on to say, I need you and Miss Jessel needs Flora given consent, basically. Flora's actress is just so good, but she has this moment where she's just asking them, to promise that they're going to be with their parents and promise they'll be safe and forever and promise that they won't fade away or, you know, their parents will never leave or that they'll get to keep their faces. And Peter doesn't can't definitively Mm -hmm. promise any of these things, but he does without even batting an eye. He promises you're going to be completely safe. Everything's going to be fine. You'll be with your parents, safe, sound, happy in these memories. No more pain, no more sadness, no more schools or bullying. It's so fucked up up that he's just lying to these kids. It'll just be you and your family, and that'll make you the richest person in the world. Talk about ghost woke. Flora is literally like, this won't happen to my parents because they died somewhere else, right? That's so devastating for a six, eight-year-old, six, eight, what is she? I don't remember. To understand and to say, okay, my fucking parents died somewhere else, so their faces aren't going to fade, right? You promise? Holy shit. It's another nail. It's like, how could you possibly grow up and be a normal human? Mm. Truly. How could you? This is all she knows, yeah. Ghost Peter's face while he was giving the speech about that'll make you the richest person because he never had any family. I was like, fuck, I feel bad for him again. This yeah. is pissing me off. 
Yeah. Nah, <laughs> fuck that guy. But after he says, I wish I could be that rich, Miles kind of gives in and they do the it's you, it's me, it's us. Same with Flora and Rebecca. And this whole time, Danny's like, nah, 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 yeah, <laughs> Great Danny impression. Thank you. She had a lot of uh, script. <laughs> Her script was just like muffled words, yeah. jarring crescendo. <laughs> uh, so they take over the bodies. And then I love this kind of, because this is the first time we watch it happen and we're aware that both of them are now Rebecca and Peter and I like the way that the actors kind of try and change something up like Flora kind of stays still like Rebecca does but Miles is kind of moving his body it's just a tickle in the back of my head now well as we know Flora is still Flora right well no she's actually not we'll get to that um they want to get rid of Danny and Rebecca in Flora is like I still don't understand why we have to do that like I really don't get it and they're like she she knows too much she'll get us in trouble uh we we gotta fucking kill her can I can you can I trust you to handle this like no yes that is the worst (laughs) thing in the world my or Peter sets this whole thing up and says I'll deal with Hannah because she's easy and just wants to talk you can like kill Danny for me right like you can finish the job that's the easy part Peter this this is you man Man, don't don't pawn this off to Rebecca. What the hell? My God. Was uh, I the only one that thought that? No, that, I, yeah, I said that. That would I was totally like, be Peter that would have to do that, dude. Yeah, that's insane. Okay. But Peter, that, Peter's a sociopath he, that he thinks someone else could fucking handle true, true. that. They kind of get interrupted by Hannah calling for them. And Miles is like, coming. Like, <laughs> trying to like be a sweet boy. So what do we call Peter and Miles together? I tried to think of a name. I cannot. Mita. I don't know. What? Piles. Nah, just call him like Peter. Is that a Miles uh, Peter in Miles. Anyway, so Hannah's calling for them and Miles PQ. Just do meat. Meat. Okay. Meat goes for a walk with Hannah in the woods. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, wow, honestly, how are you this dumb? Like, honestly, this conversation is really funny. He's like, I don't understand how you haven't come to yet. You're cleaning up, dreaming up new clothes. You're just carrying on like nothing happened. And he's trying to. He's wa- slowly walking her out to the place where he fucking killed her. Yeah. He killed her the moment Danny showed up is the is the day Which she is actually dead. Insane. Died, yeah. And this is where he says, you know, the others say it takes a moment. And this whole yeah. time, Hannah still thinks it's Miles because he kind of says something like, when I was a kid, I watched Wile E. Coyote and, and she says something like, I hate to break it to you, Master Miles, you're still a kid. And he's like, honestly, <laughs> Hannah, like, Jesus, <laughs> like, fucking figure it I out. I really like the Wile E. Coyote metaphor because mm-hmm. he says, it, you're like Wile E. Coyote. When he runs off a cliff, he just keeps on running and that's fine. And it's until he looks down, that's when he drops. And he Me-me. says, Hannah, you right now are Wile E. Coyote. You're off the cliff, but you're still running. You just have to look down. And as we know, she has to look down into the well Mm -hmm. and she sees her dead body and it just starts to click. She has her moment. And that's where Peter Miles says, meet me. So savage. savage. I love that. That was a lit line. This was an incredible scene just all together for a, a child actor. Holy shit. He really blew it out of the water. I just love this because it just it ties together. You know, you're thinking the whole time, Hannah, how long you've been doing this? You can you probably would have figured it out by now. She's only been dead as long as Danny's been there. Mm-hmm. So she's still. It, I like how 
they kind of tie that in. It kind of makes sense. She hasn't figured it out yet. I don't know if you guys talked about this in five sex. I assume you did. Do you think that she can touch things where Peter couldn't touch things, humans or things? Do you think that she can because she's you, not aware that she's a ghost? Yet? She's still stuck in limbo. And he, is- he said that in this monologue, he says, you were carrying on picking up towels and doing laundry and you were just yeah. refusing to accept the fact that right. they acknowledge. But you have to kind of talk through that because it's like, I don't care if you're refusing it. You're still a fucking ghost. So it's kind of, I love it. I love it. It is very interesting that she could still touch humans and touch, like touch, hold people's hands. And I really didn't think about it too much, but yes, I, I, I think she has to like some things like Paul you have to become said, aware. I think they confirmed that she was a, able to do her chores yep. and stuff so yeah i i truly yes. just think it's until she realizes and comes to terms that she's dead which is this next scene mm-hmm. with owen back in the sous chef which is the best because the actor who plays owen tweeted something like if i fucking have to hear about the time i was a sous chef in paris one more time like if i just <laughs> say that line one more time but yeah so we're back to the owen scene which is her anchor um memory or fade whatever yeah it's the hannah and owen interview which we talked about a lot on the last podcast episode but we get this dialogue between them where he talks about his history as a chef and she says oh well you're overqualified you're gonna have two children for this job and then it starts to dawn on her you see it in her face the realization she says but miles is gone and flora might be too but i can't do anything to help them because i'm dead and that's oh. the first time she says it out loud. You can see it all hit her at once in her face. And just like that, Owen disappears from yep. the memory. And it's just her at the interview table. Oh, it's so sad. Which takes us back to Flora and Danny in the attic. And Flora starts to untie Danny. Flora saying, how did I do? And Beck says, very well. Yeah. And this is when she says she told me to pretend. Yeah. So I do. So I do think. No, no. She was because she said you couldn't see her anymore because she was inside of me. Like she didn't say because of the. She said Peter couldn't see me anymore. She says she was like, she told me to pretend, but you couldn't see her anymore because she was inside of her. So she basically was like, you have to pretend inside. I I thought she was saying. Peter couldn't see me anymore because he was in miles. Correct. So she told me to pretend. What does that have to do with anything? I'm team Paul. Okay. Or it's that Miss Jessel can selectively choose that Peter couldn't see her. I'm with team Paul that Miss Jessel never went into Flora at all. Because and she told Flora to pretend and like act like it was. That's how I gathered it. It doesn't really matter at all. It does not. All it's, that much. It's weird because sometimes when they're possessed, when they get depossessed, they faint and pass out. Yeah. But this earlier, the scene, we got Peter jumping into miles real quick and then basically making sure Danny stayed tied and then jumped out real quick. Well, and Miles was fine and talking. But also in the same scene, he faints in the scene where Peter fin- like takes over miles for good, quote unquote. Yeah. Miles faints. Right. He like So in the same scene, Paul, you're right. He literally faints one time and he doesn't the other. So, yeah, it's a but, little but he does faint. He does faint in the one that's like the final yeah. We are one type thing. Rebecca faints in the flashback where Peter first takes her over too. I think they're they might just be a little inconsistent with when people faint and when they don't. I'm not really sure what's up. Well, I don't think it matters all that much. Yeah. I, either way, maybe the, the only reason it matters is either one that was actually Bex when the two kids woke up. That was Bex inside of Flora when she was like, "Do you feel him?" All this stuff, or that was Flora being a really fucking good actor. Just standing up, being like, "Oh, like, do you feel Miles, my brother?" Uh, 
that make sense? Uh, see, that's why I don't know. It's putting a lot of faith in a little kid to fucking be like, hey, you got you're going to kill Danny. Like, I don't know. It's either uh, way. It's the same ending. Yes. Bringing us back around. Yeah. It doesn't matter. Point of the story is Rebecca is team Flora now and is trying to get her out safe and sound. She is no longer possessing Flora, whether or not she ever had to begin with. Sure. It's anybody's guess. But they are now helping Danny get out. It's too late for him. Too late for Miles, yes, Ugh. but not for her. Get Flora far, far away. I just like highlighting the innocence again. Flora says, Miss Jessel, like, I don't understand. I thought we were just playing a game. And Miss Jessel finally says, like, nobody should ever need that much help from another person, yep. no matter what. Great line. That was wrong. And she's a kid. She needs someone to tell her this. something's not wrong here. Exactly. We confirmation. I, ju- I just love the interactions between the kids and adults. Mm-hmm. And yes, like we said, it's too late for Miles, but Danny needs to get Flora as far away from the house as she can. We get Danny and Flora now running out of the front of the manor, but Flora is a little <laughs> bit resistant. She says no. A little I, I, bit. Totally resistant. <laughs> yeah, she's getting a little hysteric. She won't leave without Miles. Starts holding her hand back and calling out for Miles. Danny turns around tries to pull her back and then turns around again and gets yeeted yeeted by the lady of the lake <laughs> mm. Absolutely. and that is the Take conclusion the of episode seven the yes. two faces part two <laughs> yes. that was a cliffhanger and a half i jumped uh-huh. up and audibly went oh when that Ew. happened <laughs> that luckily was- we were allowed to watch the next episode right away oh 100 mm-hmm. percent and uh, this is a standalone episode, though. Like, you can totally yeah. watch this out of order. And be, this could have been... I, I'm glad they put it here, though. I mean, without it giving... Because it gave so much away at the end. The last, like, 10 minutes is, is everything to the thing yeah. to mm-hmm. it. But honestly, I loved this episode. But it was a little slow in the middle. And I was like, I feel like this will put people off. This, like, black and white, fully hot mama narr- narrative type of episode where she's just like sick and dying and the characters don't whatever but I loved it but again I started watching it maybe at 11.30 one night and knowing I had to take notes I turned it off and was like I'll do it tomorrow because it is a bit of a slow episode lit but slow if that makes sense they got me through it because they brought back Theo her actress so I was on board from the start but yeah this is the standalone episode it's a lot of backstory I thought it was a good payoff for the whole Lady Hell of the yeah. Lake lore. But Needed it. I thought yeah. it was incredible. Like you were saying, it's a standalone. Yeah. You could literally put this on around Halloween time, just this episode as a scary story. Mm-hmm. Yep. And it would be phenomenal. And like you said, hot girl baby Theo is back, which is, hot girl baby <laughs> Theo. just makes everything so much better. It was absolutely necessary to have this like lore behind it and this this yeah. prelude to this entire Bly Manor because it, up until this point, it's just like, this place is fucking haunted. <laughs> like, yeah. Nobody knew why. Yeah. It's and, insane. And that was kind of <laughs> what I was saying about Hill House versus Bly. In Hill House, you get a little taste of the big night right after the first episode. Mm-hmm. And then it's you putting pieces together of what happened that night. But this is, you know the circumstances and the outcome, but you don't know why. You don't get it until right at the very end. Right. You know? And it's like, holy shit, that makes so much sense. Mm-hmm. Which I thought it was absolutely yeah. incredible. Before we get into it, I just want to say, and we did say it on the three and four episode, the boys did anyway, I was not on it. 
that Viola Lloyd is from the grave rubbings that Flora was doing in episode four, which is a nice little tie-in. That's why they were doing the grave rubbing. Just kind of a random thing for Florida, creepy thing for Florida to be doing. So I liked that they did tie that in because I I noticed it and I was like, oh, I wonder why they're putting so much emphasis on this. And then, of course. So Theo's from Hill House is Viola that Flora was doing the grave rubbings. Just a little thing. In hindsight, I'm surprised that we didn't I don't think we mentioned the names that we saw on the tombstones last episode. And that seems like really, yeah, a move that <laughs> someone who aren't on a podcast would do, but though I digress, we did not get the names. They were Viola and no, they did get it. It was in episode four. Did we? Yeah, they did. Yeah. You weren't on did it. You? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, we didn't say it in. Yeah. But was the there, episode, was there so. graves? Yeah, I think there were. You, you were on one, two, <laughs> five, yeah, six. I think there were. They did it in three, four. I'm just trying to say that I suck. I didn't do my job, and I'm glad that the boys <laughs> on episode three and four did because yeah, they handled homies. it. Yeah, Pinchdown's yeah. got your back. We ready to get into episode eight? Let's do it. Yeah, boy. No. Can we pause? Pause. Now. I'm gonna get us hype again. Mm-hmm. So replicate that. That enthusiasm. <laughs> yeah, boy. So are we ready to get going? Episode eight, the romance of certain old clothes. What, what is what, what, oh, going on? Oh, oh, yeah, episode, eight. Baby, episode eight. Episode eight, baby. Those even number episodes, they really get us. They really do. Town TV. We get even the odds too, though. The odds are great. <laughs> oh, the odds. <laughs> What's better, the, the evens or the odds? How much time you got? So we <laughs> So we get an opening with Danny getting yeeted again. I like how they they showed us this scene again of Danny mm-hmm. getting yeeted by the Lady of the Lake. You know what's funny? I call her Lottle in my head because it's L O T R Lady of the Lake. Lottle. So I'm just like Danny got yeeted by Lottle, and it just sounds a little weird. I call her Theo in my head for sure because Theo is so easy to say. Yeah. Oh, but we're gonna start calling her Viola Viola. It's time to refer to her by her appropriate name for the show. Viola? It is, it is Viola. What about Theola? Viola, we Viola was good, <laughs> but let's call her what Viola. All of the above. Let's just call do whatever her. the fuck you want. True. Yeah, our, our audience is going to know. They listen this much. They know Viola is Viola. Yeah, they must hate us. <laughs> uh, so we get a lot of hot mama voiceovers in this episode, so I'm not even going like, to pretend. I love it when all. you're hot mama, though. So do I. You I do really good. like doing it. I, I loved do it in well, the first and second actually, one. Kathleen, I do anyway. Well. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so hot mama takes us in and just kind of paints the scene. In the middle of the 17th century, there lived in the province of New Hampshire a widowed gentleman. She refers to him as Mr. Willoughby, though the name she assures us is not important. And she just says he had been left a widower after some six years of marriage and had devoted himself to the care of his young daughters. Two daughters born at an interval of five years apart, the elder Viola, the younger Perdita. What a name, Perdita. Perdita is from, I can't remember what play off the top of my head. It's it's a Shakespeare Okay, because it does say that it was in memory of the little girl that was born before or between them who had lived only a few weeks. Does that have yeah. something to do with I the was, play? No. I was going to ask. They're just saying it's someone misca- or not miscarried, but there was a baby that was born, probably died from some sort of sickness in between. But honestly, 
Actually, oh, you know, I was just thinking that the Shakespeare play tie-in might make sense as to why. Perdita is from The Winter's Tale. Perdita is one of the heroines of William Shakespeare's play, The Winter's Tale. She's the daughter of blah, 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 blah. It doesn't, I think she's Boy. like a main character, so she didn't die as a baby. Yeah, it's almost like we should have researched that before we got on the mic. Only something. reason I even knew it was from Shakespeare is from, because in Sister of the Traveling Pants too, someone plays a character named Perdita in a Shakespeare play. Of course. So I'm sure there is some tie-in <laughs> with a, a a child that got lost in the Shakespeare play that was named Perdita. Maybe we'll find out. Maybe we never will. Probably way, not. We're on we're on Blind Manor right now, baby. People <laughs> die here. We got we got enough. We got our hands full of Blind Manor. Be worrying about Billy Shakespeare. <laughs> so we find out that the father is now dying. He's on his deathbed, and the two sisters, Viola and Perdita, are there. And the father passes away. They go on to explain then the house was filled with a bunch of charming suitors or, you know, as Viola looked at them, conquerors because vultures. Yeah. Conquerors. Basically, they wanted to just inherit the money, inherit Mm -hmm. the estate. This is where we learn that Viola will just do anything to protect it. Yeah. Yeah, So Hot Mama tells us that with the father dead, they faced this kind of necessity to get married because at the time women couldn't really be human beings. They were nothing without yeah. a man. The good old days. <laughs> Crazy. Oh, I miss it. Paul was just giving me such side eyes. Waiting just, for me to react. I was just waiting for you to be so offended. <laughs> yeah, so Hot Mama tells us that both maidens wanted to keep this power and control and more than anything, they wanted to keep control over the manor at Bly, which was their their childhood home. That, and kind of keep it home. in the family, right? Yeah, keep it in the family for sure. Keep it a little incestuous, you know, keep it mm-hmm. in the bloodline. But I, I think that you already get a sense that Viola's the smart one, the witty one, the yeah. older sister, and Perdita is like the sweet little kind of just like follower of Viola. Hot to- Mama says mm-hmm. that while they were both in all the freshness of their youthful bloom, Perdita was sweet and Viola had her wit. Oh. So that that's the dynamic between the two. And there were many suitors for them, but like Paul said, Viola at least saw them as vultures that were just trying to get their fortune. So she said, hey, Let's marry our distant cousin. Yeah, totally. Remember Just... cousin Artie? Should we <laughs> invite him? He was always hot as fuck. <laughs> Let's marry him. Artie Lloyd comes into the picture. And Perdita is talking them up. Um, they're smiling. They're smirking. They're feeling a little connection. But this was all a plan for Viola to have a grand entrance and come in. And just wow, Arthur. So I don't think that that I think Perdita was also in on the plan. She was, and okay. maybe caught the feels as well. As well, that wasn't supposed to happen, but it did kind of happen. Okay. So yeah, yeah. What Hot Mama says is so. First off, Artie was honest, resolute, intelligent, and a rich young man. So he's got all this going on for him. Viola was absent when Arthur arrives, but reappears. Quote: Just as Perdita began to feel the stirrings of a true interest in the young man. Yeah. So she started to be like, oh my gosh, maybe there's something here. And then Viola shows up. Like a sassy queen. Yeah. She uh, is a queen. Okay. I took that as they planned, hey, he's going to marry one of us. May the best girl win. And then Viola was just like, hey. Yeah. but it Well, was really we do sweet. get to that too because Hot Mama says that the plan was he may marry her or he may marry her sister, but there should be no mistaking the true authority of Bly Manor 
which is the sisters themselves. Yes. He's not going to be wearing the pants in the mm-hmm. relationship. It's going to be whatever daughter that he chooses to marry. He does choose to marry Viola. And then Hot Mama says, Viola always wanted to maintain her ladyship over Bly as the eldest daughter, and Perdita enjoyed the comfort of her birth station. So it kind of seems like the dynamic, even amongst the sisters, is that Viola kind of wears the pants, yes. and Perdita is kind of you know, satisfied with the status quo. She mm. she's fine taking the backseat to the ladyship of the manor. Right. This is uh this is where we find out that Viola knows how to keep the books and she knows how to keep yeah. them well, which is pretty badass. So then she goes on to marry cousin Artie. Mm-hmm. Um and they get to the vows and there's a part about obeying and she just straight up is like, Hell to the no <laughs> I she just omits it completely. That's like the end vows format to love, cherish, and obey. Mm-hmm. And she just says, nah. Love and like, cherish, though. Yeah. I got I love you. and cherish them. Yeah. And go, obey. sis. Fucking go, sis. Do not obey. And, but Perdita's in the back just, like, smiling. Like, mm-hmm. hell yeah. yeah, sister. They're they're all on team, like, we keep the power yep. over the manor. Mm-hmm. And it seemingly, that's what's going on here. So go them. And go team. the last line, till death do us part, she, like, looked at Arthur and said, like, it menacingly. So at this point, I was thinking, okay, um, Viola is going to fucking murder him somehow. You were thinking that? Yeah. Really? Oh, I didn't think that. Well, she also needs him, though. I thought she was going to kill him and then like, take his money. Oh, I wasn't thinking that. And then that. keep the house. But yeah, I don't know. I thought that she, the whole thing is they need the man. Without yeah. the man, they lose everything. So they they need him around, but just to be a puppet head. He is literally just like the side piece. Yeah. Like the arm candy. Because they're like, we need a male because women aren't uh, authority. Like, we cannot be authority figures technically, but we're going to be the authority figures. Dude, he's a puppet like the Vichy French government. Paul, do you remember that in high school? Oh. World War II, the Vichy French puppet government? Oh, yeah, man. Well, Marple just Hunter. like keeping that fucking knowledge in that brain, yeah, baby. We we're up to current events. <laughs> current events. <laughs> <laughs> we, we were referencing something from the 1940s. But like, yeah, we, leave, we know what I mean. Up to date. We, we keep our ear to the ground. But yeah, all of this was to save Bly. And then we kind of get this, I think this is next, we get this mm-hmm. montage of her in bed with her husband, whatever, and this is Viola. And, and we get the first of she would sleep she would wake and she would walk. Yeah, it kind of seems like now that the deal is done, like they're married, they have control of the manor, Viola kind of is going through this wistfulness stage where Mm -hmm. she doesn't really know what to do with herself. She doesn't really have a purpose. To speak to that, Viola found that under its purpose, a marriage may have some amount of love to it after all. So Mm -hmm. like her and Artie are kind of starting to have... Connect. An actual relationship. They're starting to connect. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're starting to fall in love, actually, which Viola was not expecting. I like how we call him Artie now. And yeah. His name is Arthur. Which <laughs> oh, is, I fell right into that. The moment one of you guys said it, I was like, yup, he's Artie. Somebody's kid must be named Arthur because there is Arthur in both shows. Yeah, right. Really? Uh-huh. Yeah, it's uh, Nell's husband, Arthur. Too true. Yeah. Definitely. <laughs> yeah, good catch, Paul. So she would sleep, she would wake, she would walk. When she would mm-hmm. walk down... She would be like, like cutting some apples and eating some apples, and he would join her sometimes. Like yeah. it's not like in the middle of the night, right? But there, did you guys catch the guy behind them with the candle at one point at Bly? No, that was probably a ghost. <laughs> but it's weird because no, technically she's been. the ghost. Yeah, right? it couldn't have been a ghost because she was the one that haunted it first. I'm gonna fact check that because I, I, this is the only episode I only saw once. Every other other ones I've seen twice. But I was like, who that guy behind him with a candle? 
<laughs> Maybe that I was didn't even know. Was it in this scene? He was. Just it was chilling? in this exact scene when the husband is eating the apples with her it in the kitchen. It doesn't make sense so for Bly Manor to be haunted yet because it was totally her. Agree. It was her gravity. Was it not Perdita? Because I know in some of these scenes, like Perdita's just kind of in the background. No, are you sure there was a guy with a candle? About to, I'm better. about to check this right the fuck now. My guess would be that it's Perdita. Perdita. So as B Towns was saying, she realized uh, Viola. Hey, I kind of like Arthur. Yeah, might start to fall in love. Might bang him a little bit and have a kid. And they do name her Isabel. And the scene where Viola is in the marital bed. And she is saying to Isabel, everything that I have right now, I like give it, I trust it to you. This is going to be yours to like keep and protect. Dude, I and love- you are, you are, she, you are fiercer and Bly yeah. belongs to you. Yes. Dude, I love that line. I have no honeyed words to speak. It is fierce out here, but you are fiercer. Yes. Oh my gosh. I love hyping up your baby. Yeah. I'm going to hype my baby up like that. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, and then she says, uh, they'll try to take Bly away from you, but you will move mountains. It's, it is you. It is me. It is us. <laughs> but, okay, let me walk around and show the boys this picture. Confirmed Brian's right about the Perdita with the candle. There were so many ghosts in the first two episodes. Do you remember we were talking? Were you on the episode one of it? Me, Luke, and Jimmy were talking about how it was almost obvious how many ghosts there were. And Mm -hmm. I haven't seen that many since the first two episodes. I agree. I haven't seen one. I didn't see him in the beginning. Luke had a point of mouth. This one brings out all the cool ghosts, though. Like all the cool ghosts that you see, you watch them die in this episode, which is Mm -hmm. amazing. It is cool. So after. She has Isabel. She realizes that she coughs a little bit. She coughs a little bit here and there. She coughs a little bit. And she got the COVID. all of a sudden, the cough starts spitting up blood. Yeah, and I think at the same time, she starts to cough a little bit. I think Perdita and Arthur exchange kind of like a glance at each other that Viola sees them exchange that glance. Mm. And I think Hot Mama's voiceover even says, just as her cough started as a tickle so did her suspicions about Artie and Perdita so this is all kind of happening very small at first but like we know the cough will develop into something much more there was a little scene where you find out like her high tasting clothes and jewels and stuff and that obviously comes into play later with the chest mm-hmm. and everything but you do see that Viola is kind of this like she likes to dress yeah. nice and have these like finest silks and whatever and I just like the title of the episode which is romance of certain old clothes I just think that's a really <coughs> wacky name and I love it. Narrator has a line. <coughs> I'm sorry. Pardon me. Cut that. All right, Viola. <laughs> Viola. <laughs> He's got the long. I do. He's got the fucking oh my God. Uh, The narrator had a line earlier. You know, when all the suitors were there, Viola was, of course, in the most stunning gown. Yes. She was always yeah. in the most fashionable, expensive shit. My girl Theo's always looking good. She fucking is. Except when she's not, because she gets <laughs> progressively worse with this cough until the plague doctor has to come give her a visit at the manor. And the plague doctor says it isn't the plague, but she has the lung. She has a few months at the most. Keep everybody away from her in the time being until she dies. Arthur and Perdita move her from her marital bed to the guest room, which Mm -hmm. is Danny's room currently. I love that. Mm -hmm. And this is where we get the plague doctor just starts to wreck her with old medicine, leeches. He's 
carrying like a candle bowl into her, trying to smoke her out. Yeah, he cuts into her arm at one point. Just, a little bit of bleeding. Yeah. yeah it's, it's like, oh, oh you know this liquid that we need to live? Like, let's just cut a lot of it out of you. Like, we were so stupid. Yeah. Back <laughs> we didn't know anything. We were just <laughs> Gotta start somewhere. <laughs> you truly gotta start somewhere. Hey, I did this Crazy. to somebody before and they lived. I'm gonna do it to everybody. Mm, that's literally what it was. But, uh, like Kathleen was saying, they probably got the leeches from right out. Outside right out the, the pond, lake. baby. And eventually she gets so sick that they have a priest come in and she's getting her last rites read to her. And she says, no, fuck that. Yeah. No, I do not go. Just tell your God that I do not go. So sick. Yeah, she is just being stubborn and refusing to die, which I respect. But Perdita kind of goes up to her and is like, yes, like, fuck yeah, like, mm-hmm. we're going to go. She, sister love, it's amazing. So it yeah. is kind of sad to watch it deteriorate from here. But 100%. I love that Perdita was right by her side saying, like, fuck yeah, you don't go. You don't go, bitch. Let's fucking go. <laughs> yeah, it's <was> pretty badass. <laughs> yeah. Perdita definitely wants things to work out for Viola. And eventually, we'll get to what happens yeah. eventually. But we flash forward five years to Arthur, Perdida, and Isabel kind of just like playing house in their little sitting room. And Arthur and Perdida start to dance for Isabel, show the youngster how it's done or whatever. And their little party is interrupted by a sickly Viola who had stumbled downstairs and it's just saying what the hell's going on here it's it's you should note that the vicar or whatever or the doctor i guess not the vicar the mm-hmm. religious guy gives her a few months to live so yeah. at this five-year time jump if you didn't know that this was going somewhere you would think oh she died yeah. and now perdita is with Artie. like you know mm-hmm. that's what i thought i even thought that at this point i'm like oh yeah. shit she died it's five years later and then i love that they're like out of pure stubbornness, she's yeah. still alive. Yep. <laughs> like, go, queen. Viola's just filled with piss and vinegar, and she's just, like, refusing to die. I love it. But yeah. she interrupts the party and says, like, Perdita, I don't want tea. I want to talk to my fucking daughter right yeah. now. To which she just pukes on the floor. <laughs> pukes up all that piss and vinegar. Yeah, <laughs> misses the little waste bucket that was put in front of her. And then she gives Perdita a nice little backhand. Yeah. I was like, what? Why? She says, fuck your bitch ass, Perdita. Yeah. And you didn't then bring this soon enough. Then she says, okay, can you help me to bed now? Yeah. <laughs> I know. She's such a bitch. My note mm-hmm. is Arthur and Perdita are having absolute moment. And then they see dead ass Viola, but actually she's alive. <laughs> Yeah. I was just unaware that she would have lived that five years. So fucking stupid. But. Very much alive in and Viola. Viola saw those two dancing. So while uh, Perdita is bringing her to bed, she says, you know, I can dance with my own husband and I can do everything. I don't need you to be doing all these things for me. And basically, this is like kind of the beginning seeds of Perdita taking over Lady of Bly Manor role in Viola's eyes. Perdita never said she she kept saying, no, I would never like take that from you. I'll never do anything. And always in Viola's eyes, it's yes, you are. You're taking it over. In my yeah. eyes, I truly think Perdita would have let Viola be the lady of Lime Manor for forever. She wouldn't yeah, have put 100%. up a fight. But then Viola was just being a fucking bitch. So such a bitch and taking advantage of her and being mean to her and then making her do shit for her. It's like, okay, if you would have just be a little nicer to me, I would have just let you be the queen of everything. Is that not what you guys got? Because you were like, fuck Perdita in the beginning. It was. I think Perdita, I don't know. It's a sticky situation. Yeah, I I agree. I think both of them are in the fault. But no, I think Viola is just 
miserable because yeah. Perdita was there for five years taking care of him, never this is true. did anything, made a move. Viola was just pissed and jealous because she was a dying corpse that refused to die i don't know how they did it in the old days but (laughs) for you to move in on your sister's mans even post-death not cool try and take over the motherhood ship of the daughter not cool (laughs) and and to go into the chest when it's explicitly said only the daughter can go into the chest not cool so while she was being a good sister for a lot of it i also think not cool okay i would have been in that (laughs) chest that they were gonna have to sell the whole okay we'll fucking get there i'm gonna i'm gonna let us get there Artie was like it's a non-starter perdita (laughs) what they were gonna have to lose bly bitch and the one thing was to say the whole thing was to save bly and they were gonna lose bly because they were just gonna let that chest fucking go to waste i think fuck perdita but Fuck Viola because Perdita got to the mental state where she was because Viola because Viola treated her like shit. Yeah, you're right. Okay, so the next scene we get this Viola wandering around singing the Oh Willow Whaley's song, full hot mama in season one Hill House vibes. Yeah, like just be in a long dress, looking fucking haggard, and singing this song. And you're just like, you are scaring me. <laughs> yeah, she looked like yeah. shit. But she wants to sleep with the daughter, basically. We had a good hot mama voiceover. She said, some people say that death's carriage got denied at the door of Bly Manor that night and so often henceforth, like referring to how Viola just refused to die, that the carriage would never venture to Bly Manor again. And mm-hmm. I think that's a good, like, alluding to the fact that, like, nobody can actually die there anymore. Like, mm-hmm. I just like that that's the myth they come up with. But yes, we get the creepy Willow Whaley scene. That's kind of it. It jumps to the next yeah. scene and it's, Perdita, it's right? Perdita helping her out. Is she looking at the dresses? Is that what it is? They're going through it? No, I think... Oh, Perdita she's bathing is, her. I forgot. Yeah, just brushing her hair and stuff. And I think this is where we get the call out for Viola says, the lady of Bly Manor. And yeah. Perdita kind of you know, calls back at her and says, listen, if your husband's looking at yeah. me, it's because he's lonely and he is human. And the only husbandly duty he's fulfilled the last five years is mourning you. Mm-hmm. And she tries goes to goes for the backhand again, <laughs> but Perdita stops her and it's just like, no, you're lame. You know, I'm speaking facts. <laughs> facts in your face. Yeah. For sure. <laughs> and then Viola has a little coughing fit, pees a little bit. You hear a little bit of trinkle. Did water. she? I didn't notice <laughs> that. that. Yeah. It's just his water trinkling, but that's what I figured it was. Oh god. my god. I mean, it could have been a, a sponge that. I would, bring let's her go off. with pee. That's funny. But yeah. I figured she was just so weak. She coughed and pissed a little bit. <laughs> she can't control anything. Yeah. But that's really it. And then we have another kind of flash forward. The voiceover says just before the six year anniversary of her being sick. So it's, It's a little bit more than five years, not quite six years yet. She summons all of her clothes and jewelry to that she had accumulated. She summons it all to her room. And Viola just makes Arthur promise that he will keep her clothes safe and her jewels safe in this chest and that only the daughter was allowed to open it when she comes of age or whatever. To to jump back just real quick to the last scene where Mm -hmm. uh, Perdita was helping viola one of the last things she says which i think really gets viola to this point where she accepts that she's dying is perdita says isabella is going to see you like this this dying rotting corpse Mm -hmm. and this is going to be her last thoughts of you is this image are you sure that's what you want 
And this eventually leads, I believe, is what mm-hmm. led her the, to finally summon everything together and promise that the only gives it to Isabel when she becomes of age. Okay, we're calling her V from now on, by the way. That was awesome. Love yeah, that. V was. V is good. V is <laughs> good. I like that. Okay. I love a good nickname, V. <laughs> in. Artie and V. Yeah, and the way she puts her dresses and all the jewels with the, the silk sheets and the, yeah. Ooh, and the flower, flower petals. petals. Mm. She's like love burying the. She loves them so much. She's, yeah, she. It's, it's like saying goodbye. This was one of the first moments with since she got sick with Viola, V, and Artie. That I was like, okay, this is a sweet moment. Like she's yeah. not done. She's not throwing up. She's not being horrible she's just talking to her husband and making him make a promise and i really liked that scene i thought that was a really good scene mm-hmm. but as we move on we we get the voiceover tells us that arthur are we good on that scene yeah. by the way mm-hmm. well i uh, real quick i just want to ask you guys did at this moment did you think arthur was going to keep the promise yes arthur arthur's a good dude I, Let I me like just Arthur. say I knew someone was breaking the promise. Yeah, oh. I knew someone was breaking the promise. <laughs> yeah. I thought Arthur was, I thought he was a good husband. And like we said earlier, like it tells us he's honest, intelligent, like well-spoken. Like he's a good dude. Sure. I was I was a little iffy. I was like I'm, 60-40 with him. I didn't trust him. <laughs> no, sure, yeah. Was, it could have gone either way for me, Paul. Yeah. Yes, right I now think. I had faith in Artie. But this next scene. Yes, moving forward, we get the voiceover tells us that Arthur is being drawn to business. His finances aren't doing well. So he's out of the manor, leaving us with just the girls. It's kind of like a drawn out voiceover, but it tells us that Perdita had had thought of this word about a year ago and that it had grew and grew inside her. Oh, it's epic. And that the word was mercy. And as the voiceover is describing the scene to us, it, it's Perdita smothering Viola to death. So Viola is finally about to die. But the voiceover is telling us that mercy wasn't the actual word that, that describes what's going on here. The word was enough. Perdita just had enough of Viola's shit, her constant talking down to her, this, that, and the other thing. And it wasn't in Perdita was telling herself it was mercy. But the reality was that she was just fed up. She had had enough. See, I'm on Team Perdita this entire episode. I'm like, yeah, honestly, enough, bitch, enough. It's like I love Kate Siegel. I love her actress, Theo fucking B. But I was like, enough, bitch. You're being you're being a horror. I was definitely not team let's kill V. Uh, 100% did not want V to die. Okay. Not like that. Let me just say if I'm V, mercy kill me. Absolutely mercy kill me. Why would you want to live like that well, for six years? Oh, kill you and for fun. did want to live. For if six I got the years. lung, <laughs> the lung, not the well, lung. <laughs> well, it, it's a it kind not of a little lung. It goes back to Owen when he's confessing to Hannah at the fire pit. You know, it's a horrible, horrible, horrible thing to say, but I'm just going to say it. It's a bit of a relief. Mm-hmm. So I'm sure at one point, Perdita is like, "Hey, it'll just be a relief," but. That time wasn't coming soon enough, so yeah. she just had to intervene. Well, the lie—I don't yeah. think she should have killed her sister. Well, that's it. The lie she's telling herself is mercy, but it was really enough. But I, I mean, totally agree. It's fucked up. Like Perdita, whatever. I—I'm just like I think I like Perdita more than a lot of people probably like. <laughs> I don't think Perdita des- like deserves said, the fate of fucking being in that attic humming a willow whaley and being shushed by a five-year-old. Deserves <laughs> the fate of these these poor ghosts, right? At, at Bly. Oh, 
I love how they reveal this all this. I know. I I really thought it was a a satisfying payoff with the faceless people. Incredibly. The next step, the next scene is uh, we get the three keys of the chest and Artie is sealing them. These gorgeous keys, these three fucking gorgeous keys. He writes, Jagard, I would pronounce it on it, which means to keep in French, um, to mm. keep or something like that. It, it, it's like a loose translation. Gotcha. To save or to keep is what it translates to. Didn't even know he wrote anything on the Yeah, he wrote J-E-G-A-R-D-E. I would say Jagard. I don't know, but um, I don't speak French. But anyway, it means I Googled it to save or to keep. And then you find out he puts it in his drawer and she sees him put it in his drawer, correct? Because that's yeah, how she yeah, goes after it, get it later. Yeah. But then you find out that he ends up marrying Perdita. They banged, you know, mm. I said a bang, 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 bang. Yep. So within the first three years, she couldn't get pregnant. Isabel was like, no, beat it. You're not my mom. And it's just kind of like, it's not great for Perdita either, honestly. And on top of it all, Arthur is starting to lose a lot of money. Oh, yeah. And it's highlighted that Perdita was less of a great lady than her sister had been. So she sucked with the books. Yeah, she doesn't know how to keep the books like Viola did. Mm -hmm. And Arthur apparently can't keep it afloat all his own. The audacity of this bitch. (laughs) My Uh, gosh. Perdita is going crazy thinking about the silks in the attic. She's like, oh, we got these expensive silks up there. and we're. Do you not agree, though? Oh, I do, but. If your mother's dying wish, your Dude, wife's that's... dying wish was don't only give this to our do? daughter. Okay. Yep. If it's if you are wish. going under and you have, if there was $100,000 in your attic and you're like, you're about to be on the streets because you're so poor, but it's your dying wife is like, can you like not touch it for like 30 to 40 years? Just like, cause of the, the, like, come on. Yeah, well, I'm that's saying, a stupid dying I'm wish. I'm saying Perdita had that thought process and she did. Yeah. So... And she didn't even struggle with the thought. She was like, <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> okay, her entire uh, yeah, that's my argument. Her entire life, Viola just made the rules and did everything, and it's like okay, the, like we, I lived here, I helped you for six months, I yeah, for six years, I entire life, she's been a jag, stands for just another guy or girl behind Viola. Viola's the lady of lie. And Perdita comes in because and Perdita, because Viola made Perdita that she made sure that Perdita was always one step behind, one step below. I'm like, team, come on. Come on. Get those jewels, baby. No, I think absolutely. Viola, really? Viola's absolutely only not. fault was that she was a bitch. <laughs> and that's a big fault. Like, she was very unnecessarily mean. But that is her only fault. Like, Perdita is treacherous. Like, she is Whoa. deceiving Whoa. her sister. Perdita. Like, the treachery, the abandonment of killing her own sister, like, for her own personal gain, which we've established it was for her own personal gain. And, like, it's just, like... Did you see her look at the marital bed after they got married secretly in the chapel? Tell me you saw the look at the marital bed. She I saw the, the look at the marital bed. Okay. We, didn't, we really didn't even talk about... I mean, this all started very early on. I agree. Perdita and Artie had something going on. That dance was intense. The dance that they oh, yeah. had in front of Isabel was intense. Like, that was, like, a moment. That said, though, like, I, I do also understand that both of them have probably gone through the stages of grief like in the first six months of her being sick you know what i mean yeah so they are probably already emotionally moved on even though viola at this point hadn't actually died i don't know it's like i said earlier they're both at fault i think i'm biased because i love theo so much yeah 
which makes me love viola so much which makes i me totally agree i totally totally agree yeah. i'm just trying to be it within this storyline and how i would actually feel and that's how i feel i feel like perdita had had not a right to that but it's like okay well if we were in a world where hauntings didn't happen she'd be perfectly fucking it am spoken like a true heard it over there. <laughs> yeah, he's got a couple upstanding Arthurs at the table. Is our problem? <laughs> yeah, Paul. Just be. If you want to be anyone, be Viola. Then don't be Team Artie. Maybe, he's just whoa. a stupid. He's just a jag. Just another guy. Whoa, he's rich. He's losing he's all of their honest. money. He's losing all of their money. He's uh, doing. That. Uh, Perdita is losing. Okay, all money. I would argue that Viola was making them money in the first place, and that when she left, neither of them could do it. I think Perdita is just as much at fault about the financial woes as Arthur is. I mean, right, Perdita but you can't say that Arthur is a rich guy. He Perdita, was a rich guy. He Perdita, came in with money. If it was a rich guy. Na, 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 na. Okay. Perdita killed her sister <laughs> and then broke her last wish. So, I don't know. Well, we did not need yeah. to be arguing this is yeah. but I'll die on the hill. Whatever, dude. Okay. So, we yeah. do see Isabel rejects Perdita as a mother. Perdita walks away through the portrait and there's a little skull slash mask slash with V's portrait. Yeah. So we do see that. Yeah. And then it jumps into the conversation of Perdita talking to Arthur yep. saying, hey, we're going to go under and all that stuff is just sitting there and it's going to sit there and like it's going to be worthless. It's going to be worth less than than it will be now. Let's just use it. And she's Point. saying, no, absolutely we're not touching it and I'll be pissed if you bring up the subject again. Yeah. Perdita comes in as she does, just trying to lie and be manipulative. And Arthur, our, our resident good guy just says it's a non-starter. I'm going to yeah. be a loving husband and committed to my, my late wife and keep that promise. And let me just add now that I think, I think it's stupid that they don't open the chest, but I think it's a, a point in the good section for Artie. Like that, that is dope of him. That's very honorable of him not to, I think it's stupid because they're literally going to be on the street soon. Yeah. And and I'm going to say it again. Viola's entire thing, which was literally said in the beginning, was to save Bly Manor. Anything to keep Bly in the family. Everything's for Bly. And then they're just going to let it go. Crazy. Well, then, and then they end up putting the fucking chest in the pond anyway. Spoiler yeah, that's alert. <laughs> that's kind of fucked. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but we'll get there when we get there. Perdita is saying something like, uh, you're doing this all because of a caprice. And he says it's not because, well, can we Google that? Capri Sun? I don't know what that is. Yeah, they're talking about Capri Sun flavors. (laughs) Artie says his favorite is Mountain Cooler. Perdita says her favorite is Orange, which, as we all know, is the worst flavor. And Perdita's pissed, saying, I can't believe it was Orange. (laughs) But she is pissed, saying, oh, like, you you gave an oath to her. What about, like, you know, what you said to me and all this other stuff she walks away moody yeah she goes grabs the keys and this is her sleuthing around she grabs the keys out of the the drawer that she knew he put there she goes up to the attic and checks boy, the portrait she checks the portrait yeah, as she's going up yeah are you not just waiting for a jump scare it's like yeah. silent slow dark she's classic old-timey 1600s just as a candle in that attic yeah she opens it and and again like paul said it's the silk and the rose petals are still like beautiful she opens yeah. it up she pu- i love how they did this she pulls up this like really heavy gorgeous gigantic dress and the arms come through the fucking sleeves and choke her to death so fucking dope. that was incredible an amazing amazing scene which then flashes to her actual death scene mm-hmm. viola's death scene 
And she wakes up from that death scene in the room, I assume, is her where she's stuck in limbo for so long. Yeah. Um, she wakes up with the silks on her bed and the rose petals and she can't get out of the room. And this is like, I, I was like, whoo, this is sad. Yeah, she walks around, goes through exactly what anybody would do, goes for the door, it's locked, goes to the window, they're like barred shut. And then she looks at this wardrobe and it's filled with, it it looked like the same silks that she had yeah. put in the chest, which you're supposed to assume is. she's literally in the chest at this mm-hmm. point. Like she, that's her room. She's in the chest. I just want to say that she also looks hot as hell. Here. She's <laughs> you not. Have to say she's it. not the zombie dying corpse that she was for six years until she looks in the mirror and sees her cracked yeah. Uh, face. Yeah. But yeah, so. The room is full of their jewels and stuff. She kind of, um, it, they go through the thing. She would sleep. She would wake. She would walk. And of course, this is, she wakes up, checks the door, checks the window, checks the closet. Like Tag said, she does mm-hmm. it over and over and over again. This is where she sees her face cracked out in the mirror, covers it with this black outfit. Just repeat, sleeping, waking, walking yeah. um, until she admitted to herself, like, okay, I, I'm dead. She admitted her room was the dream. And she just had to wait until somebody opened the trunk. Yeah, she found solace like in this purgatory of hers that one day she knew her daughter would open the trunk. Like she she was just waiting for this payoff. And that was the only thing that was keeping her sane. So every day she would just wake up, walk, grab a dress, and eventually she would wait with the dress. Yeah. She would just wait for her daughter to open it. She's like, ah, okay, maybe not today. Go to sleep. I love this line. They say, in an ocean of time, the moment finally came. And it's motherfucking parted up. Could you imagine hearing just like the keys jingle and like get put into the lock hole? She would be so excited. After an eternity. Six years. Well, there she says, like, you know, time was impossible to tell. Yeah. But if she perceives time as we do, it would have been six years waking up every day which is yeah yeah, horrible 365 times six is a number but yeah and it is perdida that opens the door and walks right up to her and kind of starts playing with the dress that viola is holding in the room grabs it out of her hands yeah yeah that's bad like an older sister of course she doesn't know she doesn't see viola she's still in the in the attic on the trunk but but that's how it appears to viola yeah and viola's like this bitch viola's like (laughs) you better stop yeah (laughs) your eyes literally went cross-eyed (laughs) but yes and viola strangles her and that's how we you know we we get the blanks filled in it is viola going through the chest as her spirit strangling perdida and it happens in real life and the way they show it I just thought was so cool. It's just her standing in the chest, yeah. in the dress. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. It's just, I thought that was so genius. I don't know why. Yeah. So Art, Artie then finds her dead in the attic. It's like, really? She looks fucking de- like crap, like almost bent neck lady style, like yeah. dead, dead yeah. in the so, face. And I think that's because... Nah, never mind. I'm okay. not going down that. It said that Arthur was away, so maybe she was up there for a oh, few days okay, before yeah. she was discovered. Because Isabel was just like, "Fuck that bitch. I'm glad she's gone." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but now, yeah, so she that. was very dead, dead. And then they don't have many money, so him and Isabel are gonna move away. They're gonna do something else because he's a superstitious man. They end up throwing the trunk in the lake, but she is like hopeful, 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 and then she just gets her own in the lake and she can like feel herself sinking she's like hey i'm leaving Bly, but at least i'll be with my husband and my daughter i don't care where we go at least i'm coming with them Mm -hmm. 
And then the last thing she sees is them chucking her in the lake as all the water just rushes overneath and over above. And it's just from the moment she's waking up in the room on this is like such good TV. I, it's all good. But this last 10, 15 minutes is but I, I don't think I breathed the entire time. Yeah. I was like, this is the lore. This is the entire thing. Yeah. So oh, my God. Uh, this and Hill House were always always had my attention the most when they get into the explanation of the supernatural stuff that's mm -hmm. going on. And this was that. So I, I was completely into this scene. And we got the hot mama voiceover. The rest of this episode is really just one long hot mama voiceover. But I like how she responds to them throwing the case or the chest into the lake. She says this final insult of being cast to the swampy depths while her daughter would grow to womanhood. This absolute abandonment shattered mm. Viola's heart. The feeling of being pulled towards some other place, some realm beyond, had faded in the years since her death, but now she rejected it outright. So Whoa. she was holding on for like a heaven or a hell, like a conclusion to this purgatory. But now she she's lost all hope, essentially, and she's just resigning herself to her fate. Um, with every ounce of her considerable will as when she was sick and against all probability, Viola would not go. The eldest of Willoughby's daughters, once Lady Lloyd of Bly, remained, some would whisper, by stubbornness alone. <gasps> the pool of that next world ignored, she instead made her own gravity, gravity of will, that would change the terrain of Bly Manor forever. Holy shit. I mean... Yeah. Just like run that back again. I would love to hear you do that again. That was intense <laughs> yeah. for the people in the back. Her own gravity of will. Yeah. I was like, oh, it's so fucking genius. I mean, I was riding for Perdita, but Viola is one mm -hmm. tough bitch. Yeah. She is that bitch. Uh, totally. She um, would, yeah, she would sleep. She would wake. Oh, and fuck. this is where we learn every night. Yeah. She wakes. She walks out of the lake into the house to her room to her marital bed um, because she doesn't remember why she just, she will at first she goes there hoping to find Isabel. Yeah. At first she remembers mm -hmm. why, yeah. why she's doing it. She said, Hey, if I wake up and I go to my room, maybe we can find Isabel not there every single night. Her heart would shatter because she would see the empty bed and eventually <sighs> she would go and she would see the empty bed. She hoped that if she walked to her bedroom, perhaps the nightmare would abate and she'd stare at that empty bed and Viola would remember. And the remembering itself was injury anew. Her heart would shatter anew. Thus, she would sleep and she would forget. Having <sighs> forgotten, she would wake and she would walk. She's oh, just on you're this... hurting my heart. Yeah, that's it. why I love the hot mama voiceovers yes. because they're written so well because it's hot mama being a storyteller and yeah. being very descriptive. And sometimes her words are just the best words to describe what's going on. And in this instance, I think that's the case. It's just painting this hopelessness of poor Viola's situation, just the waking and the walking and the sleeping. And then she forgets it all happened. So eventually, she, one day she forgets and wakes and walks. Mm -hmm. She goes into the house and into Bly, and it is a quarantine for the plague. So she walks through these dying people up the stairs and into the room, and there's a dying lady in the bed. And the plague doctor, the scary plague doctor man with the mask, is like, 
what are you doing in here? You got to get out of here. And then she goes, where is she? And yeah. fucking kills him. Yeah. But I like this part. I don't know if you have the full quote written down. Oh, I do. Wh- and as the plague doctor died, so he was immediately forgotten. And a strange phenomenon occurred. Her gravity, it seemed, her invented gravity yeah. that held her to the grounds, that kept her in purgatory, it would hold on to others too. That's what I had written down. Her invented gravity held yeah. others as well. Like Everyone's mind fucked. Everyone's fucked. Blown. Everyone's fucked. <laughs> and then as soon as she kills him, he's standing right there. Yeah. It is amazing. Mm-hmm. And he's just like, whoa. <laughs> now I'm here. Oh my God. Kills the vicar. The faces start to fade. This is mm-hmm. where you get the like time takes all things quote. I, so- Hit it. <laughs> Hot Mama says Viola faintly noticed her own attempted exorcism. So they brought this vicar in to exorcise the house. Is that how you say that verb, exorcise the house? Yeah. An exorcism? Yeah. Uh-huh. Word. Word. And the dude gets yeeted. Yeeted. Oh, my God. He's the getting vicar dragged, is dead, dead. Dragged yeah. down the steps. She's just totally go, dead. Getting brought back to the lake. And he's standing at the top of the stairs like, holy shit, am I dead? Yeah, alas, the poor vicar, the second person to find themselves in Viola's path. And even worse is the next one. No. Okay, I have a quote I have written. The past recedes, memories fade, and so true does the spirit. Everything yields to time, even the soul. She looks like the bent neck lady when she finds the child. She's so scary. And then she goes up to the sweet, sweet boy that Flora is trying to give a story and gives the baby doll face to. Mm -hmm. She just picks. She doesn't remember. So she doesn't remember why she's there and picks him up and just walks him straight into the fucking water. This was almost like a nice scene because hot mama tells us she didn't remember why she was there, but she vaguely remembered a child expecting to see a child. And seeing a child in the bed, she thought, this is the child I'm looking for and just kind of took her. It's like her most basic level (laughs) instincts are telling her to mother this child. Like, even though she forgets everything else, she sees a child and just mothers it. And it's it's like this tender moment, her just holding this child and taking her into the lake. And it's horrific because we know what's going on. But, you know, it's a loving scene for Viola. When the bait when you okay so they the way they shoot this is so amazing you see like the vicar and the doctor and the baby just like kind of being in the house then with their house with their face fading and the baby is like in the corner of a room just like in kind of in fetal position just yeah. like sitting there i was heartbroken he's just stuck he's just a baby without a face either without a oh. mouth imagine having to come to terms with all of this information like being a ghost as a kid and not being mentally equipped to like work it out that would be so scary and you're right he was just kind of tucked in a corner just totally scared B times i don't know if there's more to this quote but i had the oldest of the willoughby's daughters once lady lord of bly now nothing oh chills bro (laughs) nobody nobody even knows your story that's why they didn't reference it later on it's like oh this house is haunted because of whoever used to live here it's nobody even remembers you I love this ending is so sick. I mean, you watch her kill Peter. You watch Rebecca Jessel die. uh, Hannah Gross. Like, I love that they say it doesn't matter if she kills them or not. They're stuck in her gravity. Yeah, this monstrous fate affects everyone that dies on the grounds of Bly. And wow, Hot Mama says that. It literally flashes to Hannah's body. And it flashes to Peter and... Rebecca, all the people that we know have died on the grounds. And then it brings us all the way back full circle to the original yeeting, which is Danny getting yeeted by the Lady of the Lake. And the voiceover says something to the effect of now fate has come for the au pair who unfortunately found herself in the track of 
Viola. Yeah. No <laughs> yeah, hope. It's crazy. No hope for victims of lie. Mm-mm. Now the au pair. Fucking A right. Yeah. Poor au pair. Poor Danny. Okay. So I know in the beginning I kind of said this was slow, but fuck, this was such a good episode. Yeah, talking it through with you guys. Talk about yeah. Actually. Amazing. I think, I, I think it was my favorite episode. That's why you were saying it was slow and the audience may not receive it. I was like, well, and payoff. I literally think yeah. this is my favorite episode. That, it's a story by itself. That last 15 minutes is my favorite part of the series for sure. I, but I mean, of this season anyway, uh, I just thought it was a little slow. You got to admit, it's a little slow. Oh, and, definitely. I, these kind of things, it just makes it as I'm, so glad it was Theo because I don't think I would have been as receptive to the episode only because I love her so much because you just miss Danny and Jamie and Owen and Hannah. Like you miss your OG Mm -hmm. one-offs are brave to do kind of, but in this universe, like you need these episodes are so fucking good. Absolute home run introducing probably the best character of the series in distant cousin Artie. (laughs) Home run by the way. (laughs) Fuck you guys. I love that guy. Couples Artie stands here. (laughs) I felt satisfied with a lot of the answers that we got from this episode that it makes me forget that next episode they teed it up for literally Lord Henry Wingrave arriving to Bly Manor for the first time since the parents died. Yep. Shit is about to hit the fan and <sighs> I don't know how it's going to hit, how it's going to spray after it hits the fan, <laughs> but the but, shit's coming. <laughs> I, don't, yeah, I, don't know, I don't know what it's going to smell like, but it's going to be gross. But all right, this is a great opportunity because this is ripe with for the finale. What do you guys think is going to happen next? That is a big old question. So, yeah, and I, so what I noticed was that Lottle was walking <laughs> into the house from the lake when she grabbed Danny by the throat. Yeah. Right. So she's not walking to the lake. So she's probably going to end up dragging her into the house up into the room. If I'm being. Do we think Danny's dead? I no. Think, no. Oh, I you think, think yes? You think Dude. Danny dies this episode? No, I just won't believe it. No, she, <laughs> I, she. How can the Lady of the Lake not kill? Like the Lady of the Lake doesn't have a choice. That's her thing. She grabs people by the neck and kills them. Like doesn't ask questions. You ever she see Scary no Movie pr- Three? No. Yeah. When she's oh, like, she's like when the ring girl goes all sweet and then she's like, nah, I'm just fucking with you. <laughs> like at the end, that's what she's gonna do. She's gonna go sweet, let Danny go, and then she's like, psych. Dead. No way. <laughs> I think, yeah, I think that's her thing. She takes no prisoners. I think Danny's dead and will be a ghost. What I do think, though, so, okay, these are my predictions for episode nine. Danny is dead, becomes a ghost. Okay, Henry so you're saying basically any any dialogue we're going to get from Danny moving forward will be ghost Danny. Like, she, anything we get moving forward won't actually be Danny because she's going to be dead. And- Probably, and I every instinct in my body is telling me that Danny's the protagonist and won't really die and everything's going to be okay. But (laughs) with the rules they have established, anybody that crosses that lady of the lake path gets yeeted. Yeah. And I think we saw the last time we saw her, she was two seconds away from getting her neck snapped. How does she get out of it? In honestly, they were so far away from the front door. She should technically be dead by the time they get to the door. from Just like the pure, like zombiness of the grip of fucking Lottle. So that's where I'm at. Um, my other prediction would be that they are able to save Miles. Oh, interesting. I, I think Rebecca just said it's too late for Miles, and that's all she said about it, but Miles isn't dead. It was only too late for Rebecca once she drowned and was dead. Well, Everybody just completely went along with, oh, it's too late for Miles. Okay, he's fucked. Miles completely gave himself to yeah, Peter. And you know, So what? that's why he's fucked. 
Yeah, but you know what? I think they're going to find a way to get Peter out of there. You, you know that's, what, that's what I think. You know what Maybe I think, not. which I really hope doesn't happen because I will be so sad, is I think something could happen where Lady of the Lake sees Flora and is like, oh, that's my daughter. Isabel, yeah. yeah that's like saying, Isabel, yeah, that's yeah. Isabel. And let's Ooh, like go of Danny and then takes Flora. Ooh, I like where you're at. And then Miles <laughs> somehow ends up living and Flora is actually the one that dies. Oh, snap, Ooh. brother. I'll be pissed. But I don't know what happened because I guess Miles would chase after late Lottle with Flora in her arms because he thinks Becca's in there. I am straight like, writing a script that could not even exist right here's now. Here's my tinfoil. I was foil. just about to say, like, don't even watch episode nine. Man, that's Paul, it. Paul just gave it to you. Here's my tinfoil. Lady of the Lake kills Danny. Danny ghosts. Danny forces herself in Miles, too. And they have a mind space battle with um, Peter Quint and <laughs> Danny. And they fight for it. And then once Danny kills Peter Quint in the mind, in Miles' mind space, then she, he, she jumps out and it's like, handshake. You're alive now. Kathleen has clearly just rewatched <laughs> season six of the hundred. <laughs> so, we're talking mind space here. Well, like you brought up earlier, the thumbs Lord Henry Wingrave is on his way. I just don't know what he's going. Yeah. What's to his bring. play? Is he going to hit lady of the lake with his car and save Danny? <laughs> I have a feeling that he's going to be kind of like you in Hill house. I think he has a knowledge of what's going on at Bly or at least more than all the characters that are here. I think he's going to come to Bly and kind of know what's up. He's going to call his old soldier buddy and be like, Come on, we gotta go fight. Yeah. Oh, oh 100%. Soldier, yeah, we are gonna see Soldier Boy talent. We got it. Soldier Boy, soldier for, boy sure, for sure. I totally forgot that was a thing. Hugh brings up, like, oh, yeah, I did have a friend when I was your age. Yeah. So yeah. he know? did he yeah. know about oh, my God. Soldier Boy? Yeah. Insane. Mm -hmm. Insane. Soldier Boy, tell him. Yeah, All right. We got a lot to look forward to. So. Do we got a BKM here, guys? Yeah, we do have a BKM, actually. Let's go! Uh, we're going to do it 1600-style, baby. We're doing viola. We're doing perdita. And we're doing motherfucking Artie in this bitch. I, I know exactly what you two are doing. Yeah, uh, your yeah. boy's marrying Artie. Not even <laughs> close. No contest there. Honest, rich, intelligent, and does not go back on his word, clearly. Keeps his lifelong vows to his, you know late spouse and i respect that in a spouse so i will spouse him up he will be my husband <laughs> me and Artie, forever and always who am i gonna bang it's no contest theo like that's our girl Theo. Viola. I even... yeah but she's theo to me <laughs> i know viola yeah she was cool she's like that hot-tempered person but she's also got some wit about her and i repeat appreciate that and that means you, you know, get all this sickness too is that what it means yes is that what it means? Yes. <laughs> okay. Yes. I want I want Viola Pre the day before the sickness. Okay, but you're banger, so that's fine. Like if you yeah. were marrying her, you would get the sickness. If you're banging okay. her, you get to pick when. Well then what's the problem? Because I'm banging her. I know, but I'm just oh. saying. Ah! Okay, and then we're killing Perdita because I don't like that she backstabs her sister after her sister dies. Not cool. I'm gonna piggyback off you hundred percent killing Perdita because mm -hmm. horrible, horrible person. Mm -hmm. oh, yeah. Killed her sister. Which would be my wife because I would actually marry Theo V Viola because I kind of want to be the Lord of Bly. That would be that would be pretty sweet. That's true. That's true. Being the Lord of Bly manner, and they seemed pretty happy together before she got the lung. Um, 
and I would definitely just bang Artie because Perdita's already dead. I could kill Perdita again if I could. I literally Damn. hate myself because I'm doing what you're doing and I'm mm. killing Perdita, which I would just fucking stand her this yeah, entire time. Because I love, I mean, listen to our episode three of fucking Honey of Hill House. You'll tell just listen to me just gush over Theo Crane the entire t- time. I think she's like the hottest of hot. But um, so yeah, I'm marrying Viola. Um, that sucks that she gets sick, but I'll be sweet enough that. I'll pay more attention to her than Artie was and like I'll make her softer in beforehand so she's not so mean to me during it. I'm going to bang Artie um, and then I'm going to kill Perdita because I agree. She is backstabby, but I just don't think she's as bad as people as you two are making her out to be. She sucks. And she's dumb. <laughs> she's just like a big dummy and I'd rather be with a smarter person like Viola. 100%. Hunter P. Well said. Well said. <laughs> I guess. I don't know. It uh, wasn't well said. I'm, I'm you trash. know where I stand on the Perdita Viola debate. So we're all kind of on the same page here. Who knows? What just happened the past hour and a half? I don't know. Who's to say? We're going to continue our coverage of The Haunting of Fly Manor. We got one episode left. Season finale. I can't wait to figure out how this thing ends. So stay tuned. Keep an eye out for that when we drop that episode. And as always, guys, if you like what you heard, give Fint. Oh. oh wait what's our name I never mess this part up. what's our name as always if you like what you heard guys give Binchtown tv a follow on twitter and instagram and subscribe to our show on spotify and the apple podcast app once again we are Binchtown tv mm-hmm. and thanks for listening love you meet me yeah buddy Rolling like a big shot. Chevy tuned up like a NASCAR pit stop. Hey, fresh inside. Is the outside frame in the trunk wide?